Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. Today's Sunday session is brought to you thanks to the fine folks at More Beer. Visit them right now at morebeer.com. Great beer is about drinkability. Doesn't matter the style. You guys are like walking beer Wikipedia. That's the first time that you've ever accepted me as a person. Or you have a fermentation in your gut. I'm jet propelled at all times. (laughs) How many guys do you think that you have the privilege to slap? Somebody who's never tasted a commercial example. And this is how you know everything about this beer? Please, you don't. I think that's bullshit. (laughs) I think it's bullshit, too. Wow. Are you guys going to arm wrestle? No. No. We're going to teabag fight. You heard of Junkyard Wars? Can I get another high? Now, live from the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with, well, expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. Well, hello. Welcome to The Session. My name's Justin Crosley. I will be your host tonight. Yes. And I think for the entire month of November... What? what? Yeah. <clears throat> wow, congratulations. You must have at least two weeks oh. off. <laughs> I'm trying, but no, i gotta, I got to work. Uh, I'm, I'm, I am leaving back to Fort Collins, but only for a couple of days. Uh, oh. I'm leaving in between shows, so I'll, I'll be back. The old in and out. Uh, like a normal person. And doing an additional show in Fort Collins, which I'll tell you about in a minute. Um, and that we will broadcast here at the beginning of December. I'll put that up for everybody to listen to. Of course, you'll be able to watch it live, though. But uh, I'll give you more info on that. So yeah, I'm here for November. Got Thanksgiving coming up. Big holiday here in the US that I always get excited about. It's my favorite holiday. I like it. I like Thanksgiving. And, eating and beer. Yeah, it's it's the day you really don't have to worry about shit. Yep. Everything's closed and you got you know, nothing done. you can do even if you want to do it. Traffic's even kind of light depending yeah. on where you're going and you don't have to worry about if you brought all the presents or if they're going to like the thing or if you have enough candy or w- whatever, right? It's yeah. just you go and you eat and then you drink a lot of celebration. <laughs> That's about it. You're absolutely right. I, I, t- I didn't even think of it that way. That probably is why I like it. There's just there's nothing else to do except yeah. for <clears throat> hang out. And, and like you said, you can't do anything even if you wanted to. Yeah. So uh, I'll be home for that and... Um, that should be a good time, and yeah. Well, I get to teach a couple of foreigners about the gift of Thanksgiving. Is that right? Yeah. What do you, What do you have going on there? Uh, well, I'll be in Maui. Oh, and, okay. Uh, 
there's some foreigners coming, a couple okay. of them. Okay. Your penis type. And, of course, they know nothing my, about my, our, our... My penis type? My penis foreign type. Foreign type. So you're, they're, oh, they're European-ish. European-ish. European. European-ish. Oh. Or, or they're small and abused. Either yeah, way. they don't know about the, the wonder and the glory of Thanksgiving. Yeah. So it'll so be you, story time. So you'll be on Maui for Thanksgiving? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. It's a good place to pee. Very nice. Uh, you know... No. Get the fall weather in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you might need here. to bring a windbreaker. <laughs> Maybe. An umbrella. All right. Went to uh, the Rare Barrel anniversary this weekend. All you yeah. guys went also, right? Yeah, I went to the yeah. afternoon sesh. Okay. Yeah, had a little afternoon sesh. The evening one was grand, though. Was... We had a good time. Had their fourth anniversary, our friends over at the Rare Barrel. Yeah. And uh, as always, a lot of great sour beer, plus some good uh, tweener beer, you know, to, to yes. cleanse the old palate. Yeah, had a few of those. Which was nice. I like that they dropped the ticket portion this year where it's like one ticket per pour yeah and and yeah, not, ridiculous. and frankly not to to drink more it was just kind of a, a hassle i've always thought that that was a hassle yeah. and at a party like that I, f- I feel like they're not giving away any more beer by eliminating tickets i always had tickets left yeah. over not with that crowd that. it's a they're, they're for was, variety and they're looking right for and it was a pretty mellow crowd yeah. yeah i was waiting for the fights to break out but it didn't happen never happens they're all pretty cool there and so, i only got crop dusted once Okay. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. On Ooh. the first session, even. Oh, that's so. On the first session. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree, and I, I will say the one complaint I, I I would give if Alex or Jay were here, yeah, is that they were pouring too much beer at a time. Too many. Too too many different beers. Too no. Too too, too much in the glass. Oh, too big a pour. I see. I was because thinking... they had front, back, and front of the menu. They had three pages of beer. A yeah. lot of stuff from the cellar, and like you said, a lot of tweener beers. And I wanted to try a lot of the things, and they had different vintages, and and it was just like. Here's a fucking seven percent sour beer that I got. A, I was pouring out a lot of beer, okay. and I felt kind of bad for it until I realized it, it, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. Like it's going to either get drunk or down the drain anyway. So I'm I'm, right. I'm fine. But I was asking people like just a little bit to say it right there. Perfect. Yeah. Like just That's give me a little bit because I want to taste it. I want to enjoy it. Yeah, give me one finger. Yeah, and then move on. And they were walking, both walking around with these big bottles that just pop up out of nowhere. Oh yeah, they're doing th- uh, three, one, three liters, three liters, three liter yeah. bottles, yeah. Yeah. big ones. Yeah. And it's like, oh hey, just, <laughs> yeah. what's in your hand? And yeah, yeah, they're just oh. Well, I think that. their whole thing is a is a celebration, even yes. more than it is a tasting. It's so, a party. So generosity is, I think, <laughs> yes. part of yeah, that, yeah. And, and that's probably why the pours are bigger and everything else because they just Absolutely. really are like. Thanks for everything. We want to party with you. Yeah, and so. it was cool. And I, and I think for them being as accessible as they were um, with all of the guests, it, it, it did seem more like like that, more like a celebration, more uh, more like a party instead of an event. Yeah. Uh, and I, I don't know, I, I liked that a lot. It was kind of neat. Just seeing you know, flittering around and talking to everybody and just engaging in every single person that wanted to chew their ear off. Yep. They were there and they were smiling about it and yeah. it was really neat. Yeah, it's probably nice to still enjoy your job. <laughs> <laughs> well, they probably get they probably do okay in the money department. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're, they're a functioning <laughs> business. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I agree. I like hanging out with those guys. It was a good time. Yeah, big, it was cool, Big man. thanks to them and a congratulations on four years in a emerging market. You know, they yeah. were one of the first sour-only breweries Around, yeah, uh, certainly in California, if not the the whole country. So, yeah, good on them. That was a good time. And they select some pretty good beers that aren't sour beers. 
Yeah. They had some pretty good beers on tap, man, and they did. Uh, I dug it. Yeah. It was a good time. I stayed for the whole thing, which I never do. Oh, okay. Yeah. Got there early, stayed late. Wow. I had, I had a lot of fun. Nice. For weird. Re- I don't know why. <laughs> I just decided to have fun that day. Well, you got a baby coming now. <laughs> yeah, I do. You're yeah. living it up while you can. Yeah, that's right. It's going to go it, away. Yeah. You know what? Well, I got just a DD. Charge into that final finish line. Yeah, did you bring Taryn as your DD? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's perfect. Well, so I, I was like, well, shit, Taryn's not going to want it to go, so who should I bring as my plus one? And I was like, well, no, I got to ask her. But I threw out, like, the the um, default, you know, like, the obligatory question, because I'm like, she's not going to want to go. She can't drink. Hey, Taryn, do you want to go to the Rare Barrel for the blah, blah, blah? Uh, Yeah, yeah, I think that sounds fun. I'm like, really? Wow. You're just going to sit and, like, watch <laughs> me drink sour beers that you can't have. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah, but I'll go. It'll be fun. Okay, great. Right. So. Stop reminding her. Just ask the question. <laughs> the she says yes, you go, man. <laughs> you can talk about it later when you're at the venue and too late. Yeah, too late. Ho, sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, it was a good time. She, you know, had a couple sips here and there of her favorite beers. And, okay. uh, you know, her cousin was there. So, you know, there's some family going on. And yeah. I don't know. It was still cool. All right. Yeah. And you saw your baby on a TV screen today. Yeah. Ooh. We had a 20-week and two-day ultrasound, okay. which was weird as hell, man. Yeah. Uh, the baby was, like, face down, I guess. And so they were trying to, like, get under the the, the, the bump or whatever, the, the under the baby to, like, look at its face and do all the things. Okay. And it's, like, just this cross-section view of a child of, like, here are the ribs, and then now, they're, now here's the heart beating, and then now the bottom set of the ribs, and here's the spine. And then they're like, oh, here's the top section of the spine. It was like through the cerebral. They were measuring like the cerebral cortex okay. and the limbs. And like, it's just a drill down center of the spine. And I'm like, we're dissecting this child yeah. via sound waves, which was. And everything's weird. healthy, it sounds like. Everything's yeah. fine. Yeah. yeah, everything's fine. Uh, at one point, the, the lady was like, okay, well, we're going to need you to uh, you know go to the bathroom um, because there's a little urine in the bladder and the baby's upside down. I want to get a facial view, like a full on front view of the baby. And sometimes that. That makes the baby turn. Hmm. So Taryn goes to the thing, comes back. Nope, didn't work. So she goes, okay, I'll tell you what. Well, I'm going to need you to get on all fours <laughs> and stay that way for about 15 minutes. Yeah. And then sometimes that makes the baby move. And I'm going, that's kind of how we got here in the first place. <laughs> and well, so she's the first mistake. <laughs> yeah, so she's on all fours on the fucking table. Just laugh, going, I can't believe I'm in a hot, I'm doing this. Yeah. This is a thing. And Hospitals yeah. are to be, like, embarrassed. You know, yeah. Right. I'm like, put, can, put your pride at the door. Yeah, it's yeah. true. Can we lock the door? Like, what's going <laughs> yeah, on here? Really. It's, it, it was a trip, man. It was a trip. In a related story, I'm actually starting a podcast called uh, Conversations I Never Thought I'd Have with JP. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> I'm thinking about the 14 or so years that we've known each other, and I cannot think of one moment in that time that I predicted we'd be having this conversation. Yeah, what a thought. <laughs> dude, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this morning we were looking at cribs. <laughs> and we were looking Google search the show on MTV. Yes, the, the DVDs, the, the Blu-rays, <laughs> spot yeah. on. Yeah, um, and you know we want to get like a conversion crib, which is just a crib, and then it converts into like a, you can make it a bed for like four years. You can keep this thing, so okay. you know you don't have to worry about spending X amount of dollars. Smart, but. 
going through 25 different versions of basically the same design of crib. It's like, I don't, I, I, I can't, I don't know. I've never thought I would do this in my, in my wildest dreams. Now we're going to go to the fucking ultrasound. <laughs> it's just, yeah. I, I don't know. It's it a different a, day. It's sure. a weird day, man. Don't you just find the one that doesn't have lead in it and that isn't going to kill your kid? Yeah, like, like, <laughs> that's how you weave Will their head them. fit in there? Yeah. Can they just uh, get if twisted all up? they're basically the same, you just go to consumer reports and figure out which one's less likely to kill your baby. Right. And that's the one you buy. That's well, tr- yes, that's true. Um, <laughs> we were looking at like uh, I don't know. This one has a little flare. This one has the changing station and okay. a couple drawers attached to it. It's like or, a car. It's options. It is. It, yeah. it, it exactly is. And then it, you know. And then well, what do you get for this? If for five hundred dollars, you can get a three piece thing. Or like her aunt wants to buy us a two thousand dollar crib from Restoration Hardware. Right. And I'm like, I as a human being related to you by marriage cannot ask you to do that or let you do that that's, ah, that's she's an insane offering. way and by the way it's insane waste of you'll money you'll get a grand of that back when you sell it yeah, later because <laughs> people love that shit and that's it's going to be unused you wipe off the puke and, and the shit and you sell it yeah. it's yeah. fine it's, well, it's antique so. it's antique well the way I thought about it it's like we can get a three piece for six hundred dollars and if you still want to spend that money, we need clothes and diapers I and see. all the other accoutrements that come with a fetal <laughs> You'll be implant. amazed right. how much other stuff comes <laughs> But I'm glad you're counting in weeks and days now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, oh, and uh, speaking of the baby and uh, the uh, anniversary party. Yeah. Uh, me and Beardy were talking to Death Metal Nathan. Uh-huh. Oh, nice. He didn't know. Ah. And so ah. it just kind of comes out, and he, he, well, his face went whiter. Oh, man, his eyes rolled back. He saw and his stuff. brainstem. Oh, he didn't talk for a second or two. <laughs> and then we all looked at each other and go, who's going who's gonna to tell Nicole? It's like, ah. And then she comes rolling up right after that, and we all just blurted it out. I don't think she breathed for a minute. <laughs> we didn't realize that people didn't already know. Yeah. It was, it was, it was pretty amazing. That's cool, man. That's yeah. cool. I wonder if it was more fear uh, yeah. because like, cause now Warren was afraid of this, too, because now the pressure's on. Well, he didn't mention so, that. Okay. He really didn't mention that. Okay. He was, oh, he was thinking it. Beardy definitely had the fear. Has yeah. the fear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he's on a... Collision course, yeah. yeah. Oh, so it's, just it's a, a death matter, ride. It's a matter of time for yeah. that. It's um, a matter of time for all of us. Yeah, no. most of us. Not <laughs> it's a matter of time for most of us. Tasty and me are done. Well, on tonight's program, we yes. will be speaking, uh, welcoming back to the program. As a matter of fact, Mr. Rye Bevel. He's the publisher of the Japan Beer Times, and we spoke to him a couple years ago about the uh, J- Japanese beer scene. Uh, I believe we had Koedo Brewery uh, yeah. on as well, um, and tasted their beer. And you know, Rye reached out to me after the uh, acquisition of Anchor Brewing by Sapporo. Uh, brewing company and he said hey you know a lot of this is going on uh, with the asian beer market and i was wondering if you'd like to do a show you know you've got uh kieran who uh, bought a, a pretty large stake in, in brooklyn um and then ultimately there is some kind of deal going on between the 21a yeah. brooklyn and Funkworks that that has to do with kieran it's like a dis- money moved around a, yeah just dis- distribution deals of sorts um and uh 
and, and a host of other things happening. So I thought it was a great idea to come in and talk about, uh, you know, we've, we've been talking a, a lot about the acquisitions happening in America, but we haven't talked specifically about the Asian beer conglomerates uh, buying in. So I thought that'd be a lot of fun. We got Rye uh, here to talk to us about that. Uh, so we'll get a little insight and, and maybe get a handle on, on how that's going to keep moving forward. Yeah. Um, He's an expert on all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. So we'll be talking to Ryan in just a few minutes. Uh, let me get through some announcements. Uh, announcements are brought to you today by Drake's Brewing Company. Uh, good people over at Drake's. You know that. We love them. And uh, they got a new beer out, Darkwing IPA. Um, it's, uh, it's a black, it's a dark beer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> How'd you guess? You know, uh, it's got, uh, oh, 7.5% alcohol, 63 IBUs. Um, it's uh, it, it sounds amazing. It says that they bring bright hop notes of crushed pine needles, dank herbaceousness, and a touch of grapefruit marmalade. Uh, that sweetness in there. Uh, hmm. So check it out. You can go to drinkdrakes.com and learn all about their events and uh, the new beers that are coming out. Darkwing IPA is out now. Um, now I just want to try grapefruit marmalade. That sounds <laughs> right. delicious. It does. No, no, it doesn't. And actually, tonight, uh, you know, I'm, I'm late uh, knowing about it, but there's an all-female event happening at Drake's tonight. Uh, they teamed up with their friends over at Eagle Rock Brewery. There you go. Um, where they're just doing, um, it's tasting and flights um, in an open discussion about the beers with uh, um, Devin, the production manager from Drake's, mm-hmm. and, and Ting Su uh, from, um, from Eagle Rock, yeah, from Eagle owners, Rock think, yeah. uh, hanging out over there. So a little she, late to promote that for you to go. I just thought it was cool that they're doing it. Yeah, they do. A, Ting does a lot of women's forums at Eagle Rock. They're really big and, and reaching out to, to women, getting more women into craft beer. Nice. And, uh, you know, teaching them the vocabulary, teaching, teaching them the, uh, you know, how to describe the beers and not just kind of be in the background, yeah. Um, because they, you know, they just like a beer. Like, learn what you like so you can drink more beer, and, and we can all kind of, yeah, get in this get in this place together. There you go. All right. So, announcements brought to you by Drake's. Uh, we are having our Sonoma Pride fundraiser here at the Hop Grenade on uh, Friday the tenth. Um, what was that? This Friday. This Friday. Yeah. This Friday. This Friday and that's uh, raising money for uh, Napa, Sonoma counties, um, you know, the recent fire disasters there. So uh, come on out because 100% of the proceeds go directly to uh, the foundation there. Um, and, yeah, we, they need the help. And you're going to drink beer anyway. Uh, especially on a Friday yeah, night. Yeah, and they're all going to be great beers, too. So the beers you want to drink, for sure. Yeah, one of them made by Russian River. I believe we've got one made by Hen House. And I forget who the third there's one like is that we got. There's like 54 breweries in the area yeah, making breweries for the Sonoma Pride. Are there? Yeah, okay. there's a ton. Got it. Yeah, when they reached out to us, it wasn't that many at all. There was something like five or six available. So it must have just really grown. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. And like I said, you're going to spend that money anyway. So help out... Uh, our, our brothers up in the North Bay, uh, brothers and sisters. That's on November 10th here. And then uh, on the following Friday, on November 17th, I will be live in Fort Collins uh, producing a session from there. So you can come hang out, check out our new Fort Collins Hop Grenade, and, um, you know, I don't know, meet me, I guess, and our guests, <laughs> and, uh, and hang out, we'll drink some beer, and uh, we'll do a show from there. So those couple things happening. Our huge Brewing Network store-wide sale it has been in effect for a week now, and you guys are responding 
very well to that. So get in there fast if you want to get your merch. Everything is 20 to 50% off. Almost everything. I think there's a couple items like our new Sour Hour shirts that are in there. They're not uh, for on sale yet. Um, so... Go check it out, because stock is is missing. If you remember from last week, I was just letting you know, that's the point. We're, we're trying to get rid of it all so I can bring in some new stuff in the new year. So go check it out over at the Brewing Network store, 20 to 50% off now until, uh, you know, while supplies last. So, all right. Uh, of course, you can support us with Amazon Shopping. Just hit the Amazon links on our homepage and go do your shopping. Um, you can subscribe and join the BN Army. That enters you into the More Beer Monthly Donation Giveaway. And that's a chance to win $100 uh, to More Beer. We do that drawing um, every month. Every month for you, bro. More Beer has brought you this session, of course. Uh, for years, the folks at More Beer have been leading the charge when it comes to cool and unique homebrewing equipment like the RoboBrew, the easiest way to brew all grain. Made from stainless steel, the RoboBrew allows you to make nine gallons of beer all in one vessel, from boil to mash to cooling. The RoboBrew truly is self-contained. If you're thinking about getting into all grain before, um, if you haven't think about it, you should seriously consider the RoboBrew. Or up your fermentation game with the all-new Fermentosaurus Plastic Conical. It has a 9-gallon capacity also, a stainless steel stand, a sturdy butterfly dump valve at the bottom, and the best part is it'll hold up to 35 PSI. Check out these awesome innovations and more over at morebeer.com. All right, you can get uh, updates and photos and weird stuff and more on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can send your feedback into us, feedback at yes. the Brewing Network. We love to read that stuff. We do. Uh, do we have a Twitter game today? We do have a Twitter game today, Justin. Thank you for asking. It's amazing. Thank I you. I love it. Uh, Twitter <laughs> games brought to you today by the American Homebrewers Association, yes. our good friends over there. You can sign up uh, for a membership through our website by clicking the AHA link. It's found near that Amazon link and the BYO link and all the other links that you can support us with. Um, get your membership, uh, and then you'll have access to the amazing Brew Guru app, which shows you where to go buy beer on a discount or brewing ingredients or anything in their uh, member affiliate program. So uh, check out the Brew Guru app in iTunes and uh, Google, whatever. Okay. Google Earth, I think, is what it is. All right. There yeah. you go. Well, what's our Twitter game? Well, uh, <clears throat> as we talked about on the last show, uh, Jamil has, in fact, been recording Brew Strong. Mm-hmm. Just nobody knows about it. Right. So I feel like Jamil is moving in the shadows, moving in secret. So what else has Jamil been doing in secret? Okay. <laughs> oh. Great question. Thanks. And the funny thing is the truth will probably be funnier <laughs> than the Twitter game. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it, He's for a, sure. A weird guy. <laughs> He's definitely a weird guy. Only the shadows. I'm just um, shaving the ball. <laughs> All right. You want to do some feedback, Doc? Please. All right. Feedback's brought to you today by the Beer Law Center. Where's my book? Bevo? Oh, uh, Lupe was reading it. Can I have my... <clears throat> let me have my... <laughs> yeah, he was look- Lupe was looking for pictures in it. Our good friend John over at the Beer Law Center takes care of our uh, trademark and on, copyright bitch. needs, and uh, he can help you too. Just go to beerlawcenter.com. And, you know, you know, we've been telling you he's coming out with this new book called Beer Law, What Brewers Need to Know. He's done that. He's done- <laughs> that's, a, that's a thick book. Is half of it the forward? I know, right? Fuck, uh, I wish. <laughs> if I had that much real estate, are you kidding me? The most boring forward ever. 
So there are two uh, important things to note about this uh, book. One is that uh, there's a recommendation from me on the back. Very good. Very uh, good, young you sir. Know, you know your books. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. More importantly, <laughs> more importantly, there's a forward by our very own JP. Oh, he's That's a right. Thank you yes. very much. He's a paralegal. I the, know my uh, forwards. So you were too busy to write the forward? Uh, hang on. Let me turn you on. You wrote the no, no. He's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so you were too busy to write the forward? Yeah, I had to turn it down. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, no, no. Hey, man, in all fairness, I was not asked. JP was asked. Has that been fact checked? Uh, I, I didn't really look that over. Uh, the forward. Some things that might might not know. That's interesting. The ending's the best part. <laughs> the ending of the forward. The yes. ending. <laughs> right. I agree. Because it's, it's over. Right. Yeah. Well, for two reasons. Yeah, that's true. I, th- I thought we should read an excerpt from it. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Would, you, would well, you like the author to read yeah, an excerpt? I think even better <laughs> be like a real reading. Do you want to read it? I can. I don't really care. I haven't read it yet. I'd like to hear it. I see that now. Do you have a select passage that you would like to read? <laughs> I feel so good he's right now. Scanning uh, it. Oh, he's yeah. scanning it, looking for something worthwhile. I feel important. I, I want you to stop. I want you to do this paragraph here, okay. and I want you to stop after that word there. Okay. And if we, if anybody's interested, we for, can keep going. But for, <laughs> I'd like to start for discussion. Oh, uh, oh yeah. Uh, so word, start, start there, yeah. and stop there. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. There you go. Try that. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. (laughs) And I read. (laughs) The reality is much more stark and requires a myriad of local, state, and federal hoops to jump through before you get to that beer sliding bit above. Over the past 12 years of interviewing professional brewers, one common thread appears in the grand sweater of life. The law is stupid. There you go. <laughs> Excerpt from JP's forward. Yeah, very wise. There you wow. go. His professional opinion. Yeah. Yeah. If you'd like to know more, go to beerlawcenter.com. <laughs> it's like alt law. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I do have a grammatical question. Yes. Uh, for Rye over here. Okay. My mic is on. I'm hot. Oh, you're good. Okay. I took care of it. Now, this is not me picking apart because. No, no. I think I know the answer. There are two ways to do it. But every time it comes up, yes. I always ask about it because it fascinates me. Especially because there are people that take a hard line about whether it should be said this way or whether it should be said that way. Please do, because I just submitted it, and then the author and the editor had eyes on it before it went to print. So yeah. I'm free and clear. And that's why I think that it's I think it's grammatically correct to say it either way. Okay. But that bothers me. Or because, either way. Because the, the two, because the, the two ways are so different yeah. that it bothers me that there's two ways. Okay. Right here, of course, the publisher of uh, the Japan Beer Times. Right. Um, so I figure we have some authority on that. Master on the of English. We have, right. it's, oh, you, do you have a master in, in English or you're just a I, master of English? I, I, it's actually a PhD in Japanese. Oh, but, okay. You know, we do a lot of translating and a lot of arguments over grammar. You got to uh, know your English pretty well to translate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. um, but we, we have a lot of back and forth uh, in the office okay. regarding grammar. So the the question is about the use of the word myriad. Oh, uh, wow. wow now, many, like this word. now, many people, um, especially younger people I've found, because back in my day, it was the opposite, uh, and I used to get corrected for it, use, for example, a myriad of things. There the are way, myriad ways, yes. So the way it, I was taught is... There are myriad ways. Either. Not even of. There, you don't. There, there's nothing after myriad. You go straight from. There are myriad ways to skin e- a cat. Either is acceptable. Um, they are both grammatically I, and correct. And I love this word. Uh, I, I was a, a big William Faulkner okay. uh, nerd growing up, and he uses that word quite a lot. So yeah, you get to see him. How did he use of, it? 
I believed he did not use the indefinite article. He said there are myriad ways. ways. Yeah. And it's, do you see what I mean by that? It's, nobody else cares about this. Yeah. There are myriad ways. Because they're drink. two completely the different beers ways. The we may drink are myriad. Yes. And yeah. see, the, and the reason I like that <laughs> way, and, and it's the way I was taught, is it's actually difficult to use that way. It's difficult to say, it doesn't feel right. It feels more right to say there are a myriad of ways rather than. Yeah. Beers we may drink are myriad. Are myriad, yeah. That's an which inversion, is, which is why it's unusual. Which just sounds strange. But both are technically and grammatically correct. That bothers me. So how many times be. today have you used the word? <laughs> Just on this show. Okay. Really. Uh, JP here uses a myriad of yeah. Uh, yeah, a myriad of local, state, and federal hoops. How many yeah. times do you use that word in the book? Uh, like, just should we make one. a drinking game out of it every <laughs> just, time you see Marriott? Just that one time. You should have said shitload, and then he'd leave it like it was. Fuck time is what I wanted to say, <laughs> yeah. but it just... Yeah. Uh, no one would have had to listen to me spout this conversation. <laughs> right. I mean, and I would have checked like what you know how to properly use it, but I couldn't fit my head at my ass. So I just decided to just go with it, and if there was a mistake... Right. Yeah, But, but uh, you yeah. properly used it is the point, and, th- and that's, I why, I, that's so. why I'm saying I didn't bring it up to... Yeah, yeah. Uh, properly enough. What is, yeah. what is a wrong way to use it? There isn't now, and that's actually right. what bothers me, is that it, it was my, to my knowledge, and of course this is from whatever professors I had, right, mm-hmm. that the new usage of it would have been the wrong way. Yeah, you would have and so down. What I guess I don't know is, did we adopt the new way, because that's how people were using it, or were my professors wrong, and it's always been right, no matter how you use it? And that would, Grammar's fluid. Would, yeah, actually. right. So that's why I feel like it has changed to accept the the rules, but there was a time when that usage would have been wrong. So that grammar is one of those things where if you're wrong enough, yes, the rules right. will change. Oh, absolutely. The old definition you think used to I be would wrong love that. is now right. You think yeah. that's perfect for me. <laughs> yeah. The old definition as an adjective has become awkward. For all intents and purposes, it would do you much better to write, I have a myriad of things, instead of, I have a myriad things. Right. Right. My point exactly. It's right. awkward to say, but that's also right. why I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. All right. Well, we better move on before we annoy listeners or too much. Or decide what you're, if you're wrong or right. <laughs> yeah. We'll make a myriad of listeners upset. Yeah. <laughs> myriad listeners will be upset. <laughs> Which just sounds too much like mared, and that's just, you know, yeah, shitty. All right. A few things in the feedback Thank here. Um, that's two. One's kind of long, but it's. <laughs> I guess I asked for this. You asked for it, and I and I read it, and I was like, "Wow, there are multiple paragraphs." <laughs> I asked last week if you wanted to send me feedback about the sour hour, mostly so that I know how the show's doing because I'm not going to. Oh right, to you. yeah. Um, so we got some. It's titled "Fire Scott." Seriously. <laughs> Uh, and he says, "I've been meaning to write in for months." The interesting thing about this, even though that's the title, is that the. The real perpetrator, if at least from what I skimmed through, ends up being Jay. It's just how it's actually just <laughs> oh. how Scott encourages Jay. So uh, I've been meaning to write in for months, uh, but your request for feedback on the Sour Hour uh, during the Mother Earth show finally motivated me. Um, he says the Sour Hour is torture. It's the same bad dad jokes overdone and then put on a feedback loop. <laughs> um, the Rare Barrels beer is amazing, and Jay has some excellent information to impart. Uh, the problem is the best information I've heard Jay impart is when he was on another podcast. <laughs> so, well, uh, and, and not that, that I, I didn't mean to, to have to defend Jay or anything. I'm just going to point out little things as, as they come up. But uh, I wonder if, if Jay actually probably tries to keep his mouth shut a little more on his own show because he's there to facilitate an interview. Exactly. So in some ways it makes sense yeah. to me that he would give more of his own information about Rare Barrel. Although, 
obviously he infuses his own experience. But yeah. he says that too much of the show is just wasted by Scott encouraging Jay on his bad jokes. Uh, which has created a negative feedback loop of more of the same lame jokes getting repeated. <laughs> a dad joke can be funny here and there, but not when it's the same five ones uh, done every episode. I want to stab my eardrums out. Um, Aggressive. What is a dad joke? Neither of them are dads. <clears throat> I don't know. Like, yeah. dad I mean, jokes I know are just what, dumb. I, yeah, I know what he means. It, like, if you said it, I would tell. I could tell you that's a dad joke, right? Like, like what? <laughs> what kind of shoes do mice who play basketball wear? <laughs> Those are dad jokes, too. Squeakers? Uh, Yes, that's 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 definitely a dad dad joke. joke. But I'm feeling like in the context of the show, it's it's probably less of of like a a line and a punchline. Dad jokes are just inherently lame. And they're they're supposed to be lame because dads are lame. Yeah. I think is the key there. You're soon to be lame. They say there is a soundboard. There is a soundboard. You know this? No, I asked about it you on asked the last about show, well, and we didn't says, know. This guy's... Uh, I'm not going to take his word for the gospel, but he says, uh, same format each time, opening, stupid jokes, Scott laughing lovingly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> My favorite part about that email lovingly. is how he, how he just describes Scott as like fawning over Jay. He's <laughs> really great. Yeah, and the previous one, he's like, oh, then we have to listen to Scott Hero worship Jay and his beer. Um, but anyhow, uh, he says uh, they make the same joke they did the last 20 episode. Scott looks into Jay's eyes, lovingly tells him he's a god. Um, oh, wait, no, all right, here's what I missed. More bad jokes, and then Scott plays with the soundboard. Oh, he's just playing with the mixer is what oh. he's saying. He doesn't actually have a soundboard. So hmm. that's good. That's good. Uh, anyhow, it, go- <laughs> it goes on and on. Um, you asked for it. Yeah. Now you're not going to read it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it, this one is probably better left, you know, unsolved. to skim. This is more for internal use only. Yeah, a little bit. Redacted. He Redacted. says he's on the cusp of unsubscribing from the show. Mm, that's not good. Well, only one show. Yeah. He wants me to listen to the past shows to see how terrible it is. <laughs> uh, that's not going to happen. Yeah, Usually it's the beginning where you get most of it. He thinks I'll I'll feel that way because it's done in the name of the Brewing Network and then fire Scott. He says, um, "Been done." But you're saying Jay's the one with the Joe. I don't know. Anyway, I love the rest of you and all the other shows. He says, even Doctor Homebrew. Yeah, from, wow. from Owen. That's all right, right. Well, thanks for thanks, sending, Owen. Thanks for sending that uh, I you know I'll try to listen. We'll see what I can do. Listen at your lowest point, like whenever you're just super depressed. <laughs> oh God! Then put Will that I feel on. Better or worse? I don't know, but I want to find out. You're right. Yeah. Dude, make sure now. you are amped up as possible because between the two of them and their just monotone voices, right? You um, will. You'll be asleep. I struggled with that a lot when they did their live show in Fort Collins because they do that and then they burst out in excited volumes. And I couldn't maintain the oh. levels with a remote setup. Here, yeah. we, we account for that with uh, a lot of equipment. Uh, so when they do it in here, it's probably not as bad. But out there, it was driving me fucking insane, man. Um, yeah, and I, the funny thing, I really like Jay's voice in general. But yeah, yeah. Uh, he certainly can um, be a little monotone. Mm. Um, a myriad of monotone? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The tones were a mono. myriad of mon- <laughs> mono, mono right. of tones. Myriad right. tones. Um, okay. 
Let's move on. Uh, Mike from Charlotte, North Carolina, writes in, a great show with Mother Earth Brewing last week. <laughs> Mother Earth. <laughs> uh, living in North Carolina, we have our own Mother Earth Brewing that also puts out some decent beers. And it's confusing as fuck to have t- two completely separate breweries with the same name. And I see they both started around the same time. Would have been a nice to get their comment on it, uh, since they're in the southeast, um, along with the North Carolina brewery. So... He says, maybe JP can com- comment on it now that he's a published author on brewery law. <laughs> right. um, yeah. You know, I found that out mid-show, but I didn't want to bring it up in case it was sensitive. Well, there is something in the... He sent me a link to the Beer Street Journal about a lawsuit. So, oh. see, they wouldn't have commented on it if there's a lawsuit. Right. Uh, you know, it's interesting... <laughs> I hope I put up the right fucking logo on the website. <laughs> you did. I did. You put up the one I sent you, which is the one that they sent me. I didn't. Oh dear. Oh. <laughs> Here's no, the thing. Because I didn't, I didn't. I didn't like it, and so I found something else that was cooler, and I hope it was uh, theirs. Go look at the website. Oh heavens! Okay. <laughs> and tell me if I did that right. I mean, I haven't heard from Mother Earth yet, but I mean that's a problem. Either and one. there you go. Oh. Here, here's the here's the nature of the problem uh, with uh, confusion in the marketplace. Yeah. Because I just you know image searched Mother Earth. I think so, one is Mother Earth Brew Co., which was our guest, and the other is Mother Earth Brewing. Then I think I put up the wrong one. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. No, it's I guess totally we know correct. What next, <laughs> next week's feedback is going to be about. I'll, I'll fix it. Are you looking it up, Bevo? Slowest typer in the world. <laughs> oh, no, no. My computer's just I had to wait. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's the computer. Um, no, it says Mother Earth Brew Co. The one I put up? The one you put up in the logo right in the center says Mother Earth Brew Co. Brew you Co. did good. I don't believe you. I gotta check it. I can read <laughs> mostly. And it's the right logo. Let's just have a look here. So which one, so theirs is They are Mother Earth Brew Co. The other one is Mother Earth Brewing. Okay, yeah, you're right. You're right. Oh. Thank you. Phew, that was lucky. <laughs> you did great. <laughs> lucky accident. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a good thing you're the top of the game. You're top of right, your game. You're a professional. Yeah. Uh, the, I don't know, this article I'm reading says the two breweries have been pissed at each other for years. Um, and then a court trademark battle ended in August. Hmm. Um, Daniel Love of Mother Earth California states he trademarked his name 30 full days before Mother Earth North Carolina did in 2009. Fast forward to August 22nd, 2011. The trademark case went all the way to the trademark Supreme Court in Virginia. Um, the case was dismissed with prejudice. A legal way of saying that the case can't be refiled. Refiled, right. That's what I was just about to explain to you. Which basically you means, which basically <laughs> meant that Mother Earth, North Carolina lost. Um, okay. And they can't complain about it again. Right, because it's the Supreme Court. But it's still being used. Well, actually, sure. this was published back in 2011. So it sounds like they've just decided to not... <laughs> not give a shit. Yeah. Wow. Huh. That's interesting. Um, yeah, anyhow, I could have asked about that, I guess, Mike, but I, you know, half of those questions I asked just fall on deaf ears. People can't talk or won't talk, and 
And then I just look stupid. I'm like, hey, you know, which sucks about my fucking job sometimes. I'll tell mm-hmm. you that. This is what I don't like about being pigeonholed into this one topic that we have. I yeah. love talking about beer. Mm-hmm. But, you know, over the years, it'd be nice to, you know, branch out a little bit, right? Yeah. And whenever something super interesting or relevant comes up that a a news agency, that's exactly, that's why people listen or, or read the news. Like when, you know, if they, if they have gone on 2020, you don't get to go on 2020 unless you talk about the controversial shit. Right. Because that's what makes a good show. But I'm telling you, for my entire career, I have had to tiptoe around that bullshit. Uh, with very few exceptions, will people come in here and tell us the honest truth? And it's it's either, you know, sometimes for legal reasons, which is more understanding. Other times it's, well, you know, we don't want to piss this person off. We don't want to do that. And I'm like, well, but you're telling me it all off the air. Oh, yeah. So <coughs> why, why be so afraid of the truth? Let's talk about it. Let's give my listeners some fucking juice here. Well, you got Robin Ottaway on deck from uh, Brooklyn Brewery, and that guy's a straight talker from New York. Is he? He's good. I like him. All right, well, maybe we'll get some out of this. Maybe we'll get somewhere. We'll finally get yeah. somewhere. Oh, get some dirt. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I'm just saying, it bothers me too. I, I you know, uh, Mike, whatever your name is, that wrote in. I wish I could ask these questions too, but I just end up looking like, yeah, well, we can't, can't comment on that. All right. Well, get off my show! <laughs> right, don't come on. <laughs> what the fuck are you here to do? Well, they want to talk about their eighth pay, uh, their eighth IPA that they've released in the last year. Like, okay, good. It's a little different. Yeah. Great. Go comment somewhere else. This has four ounces extra of hops in the dry hop, and just, I feel like... Yeah, they just talk over me like that as I ask an important question. Hey, so what's going on with this so trademark back issue to the, that the you yeast, have? I feel like we dropped the yeast no, cone but out I heard a little that, like, bit. You guys well, have the, the, hop, same the dry name. hop character really comes through and if we dry hop on the... I just shoot myself in the yeah. face. That's what People would listen to that show. <laughs> I know. Don't <laughs> yeah. no worry. That's my grand finale. Yeah, it's not monotone. There won't. It won't be like other businesses that end where there's like a note on the even the ones that end abruptly. Sorry, we're closed <laughs> right, as of yeah, today. Yeah. Or like a bunch of layoffs. Yeah. You, oh, you guys will fucking know. <laughs> we'll make national news. That's right. All right. Uh, Robbo writes in. Hello, Robbo. Um, from Queensland. Um, he We're says, I would like to stick up for the Sour Hour. Oh, skip. I thought it, uh, I thought it a bit odd Next. that you'd all have a crack at Jay and Moscow's broadcast content and then start on some nonsense argument over some picture on Twitter and who did or did not email who. Seriously? I'm not a sour brewer, but enjoy the content of the Sour Hour as the morsels of information that I learn on all the shows on the Brewing Network. Right. Uh, anyway, you all generally spout crap, but that's why we listen. <laughs> I know, but my crap's good. That's my point yeah. was my, crap, loud my crap. crap is better yeah, and loud. Typically, people like their own brand. And also, <laughs> I don't think I was commenting on their content of their show. Listeners have. I was commenting no, on we, we, uh, we don't listen, so that we, the fucking guy won't, doesn't even know how to use a music bed to come back from a break. It was the production value. Yeah, and it, I think it needs a little more coaching. I'm sure the con- we said the content is fine, but I think it was the jokes that we were asking about specifically, Robbo. And, and well, the listener was asking about, not me. No, and you no, said no. they were making fun of us, thinking yeah. that we knew they were making fun of us. Oh, yeah, yeah. Again. <laughs> Whereas uh, none of us yeah. knew. A radio faux pas. The rivalry only works if there's a fucking rivalry. Yeah, right. Yeah. If, if someone tells uh, a joke in the forest, did it actually right. happen? Exactly. If JP tells a joke in the studio, does anybody laugh? <laughs> That's, it's the same principle. Right. Is it funny? <laughs> Is it funny? Yeah. Inherently, uh, no. Is it so. ever? <laughs> wow! Whoa! Shut From up! From behind the glass, Beverly. 
hope that crock pot falls on you. <laughs> oh, that's right. We're having crock pot for dinner. Yeah, Bevo crock pot. What? Yeah, supposedly oh. it's um, Philly cheesesteak. You know what? what? Have you ever when have you ever been to Philly and they go, yeah, hold on, let me get <laughs> yeah. your cheesesteak out of the crock pot. Let me dish yeah, it out of the crock pot. Let me scoop it out of this crock pot. Fuck. She she would make a lager and ferment it at sixty five degrees. That's oh, what God. she would do. And the bread's call it a gonna be so soggy. Oh, the bread's in the crock pot. <laughs> Oh man! There's like eight sandwiches just in the group that have been there since eight a.m. Yeah, eventually, I knew that this was going to happen, and you were going to make fun of me. Yeah, and of literally, you guys are the worst. I made you a meal. I went to the grocery store this morning. I prepared food to feed you to save the Brewing Network money, and so we all didn't have heart attacks from eating cheese pizza all the time. Yeah, but no one she asked you to. my balls. She, like, bought the hardest sourdough rolls you could buy. <laughs> I did She was like, well, it's going to be in there for eight hours. I bet if I buy the I hard roll. I put the bread in the crock pot, will. dummy. <laughs> I'd be surprised if she even had sourdough rolls. I'm, 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 a, I'm expecting hot dog Wonder buns. Wonder bread. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, just saying, when... We would come home and my boys would look at the crock pot going. They would just uh, oh. they just cower. No, they don't like the they crock do, pot. No, no, man. Yeah. It's like, you know, the, the dog sees the switch coming. <laughs> it, just, it just cowers down. <laughs> I love the crock pot. Thank you, Bebo. I'm sure Whatever. it'll be great. I yeah. ate already, it's but be I'm delicious. sure it'll be great. <laughs> it, it'll be a meal. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, how can we know pleasure if we haven't experienced pain yet? That's what oh, I want to know. Okay. Yeah. Oh. pizza is going to taste amazing after this. I hope you all this. get diarrhea. Like, oh. I hope it has some sort of parasite. I'm that. And you yeah, all right. get You have control over that. Exactly. Yes. That could happen. I'm expecting this. You haven't had it yet. You can still JP, do it. I like my pleasure first. Maybe, maybe all of the Brewing Network shouldn't eat the same meal every time. One Ooh, of us has right. to survive. It's got like the president on the plane, right? You can't yeah. all be on the same plane. Uh, yeah. Him and the, and the VP. So yeah. Yeah. one of us should sit this meal out, I feel like. <laughs> Who's the <Yeah>. lucky one? <laughs> well, that might be like a little straw thing at the <laughs> end. Straws for who has to eat it. <laughs> well, there's only probably one short straw, and that's the lucky one. Yeah. All right. Uh, Order your own damn food. <laughs> Thank you, Beaver. Thanks, Beaver. Thank All right, so Dave writes in. Here's some more Sour Hour feedback. I've come to regard the running jokes uh, in the Sour Hour in the same way I do bad acting in porn. I know soon <laughs> enough she'll open the pizza box to find a dick inside and get to the action. Jay's incredibly passionate about sour beer and does great interviews, but I do find the running jokes to be cringy. I have to hear what these running jokes are. Well, they're uh, funny to those two, but nobody else oh and dave does confirm they have not used the soundboard they don't know according to dave so uh here's one for matt about jp jokes uh i just wanted to say that i thought jp's 10 forward joke was funny i lulled jp your dad home game is strong well done apparently have a dad joke yeah i don't remember that i don't know when you just you know when you hit so many home runs, it's hard to keep track of them. Oh, all. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? mm-hmm. yeah. Lose, well, I mean, you guys don't know what I mean. You but lose I know the what fire, I mean. you know, in the middle of all that. Right, right. It just, it's, it ceases to mean anything at this point. It's just going to work. <laughs> just, just you know what, knocking out of the park every time. Uh, well, thank you. Uh, here's a little more insight into the sour hour from Jeff. Um, good morning, Brewcasters. I'm just catching up on last night's session on my drive to work, and I've got a little feedback about the sour hour. The banter that Jay and Scott often have about the session and talking to a non-existent Bevo is understood by listeners and an entertaining part of the show. Similar to the sessions, shut the F up, Beardy, and Justin's feet, which new listeners wouldn't have a clue about unless they were around for a while. 
but I enjoy all shows on the BN, including that other show. Um, so my only concern is that one specific professional brewer is too important to continue broadcasting a show that is named after himself. Oh, I guess he's talking about Jim mm-hmm. Um None of that is true. Um, that whole email's a lie. Yeah. Well, I mean, none of the, <laughs> <laughs> none of the Jamil rumors are true. Signed, no. Angry Jamil. <laughs> um, Shit. More sour hour feedback. Let me see if it's just the wow. same. I mean, I think the joke Who thing, like with, the, with the feet, it's like, you know, every show has jokes, and then they run their course, and that's it. You don't beat oh. them to death on every single show, and it sounds like that's what they do on the sour hour. I don't they know, kind guys. beat it to every single joke. Talk about Chechnya recently? No, <laughs> that arc. Good months. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for paying attention. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. That ship sailed. Let it go, Bevo. Uh, it's more of the same in that one, so I'll skip that. Um, what? You're going to skip it? Yeah, it's the same. It's the same uh, show. Right. Um, hey guys, thanks for doing a homebrew episode and talking to Russian River. Uh, it feels. It felt so much like old times. Uh, I started drinking double IPAs and feeling optimistic about the future. That's too bad. (laughs) He says, I want to give a shout out to Jamil. A couple weeks ago, I was going to brew on a Saturday, and I sent a question about starters to Jamil uh, on a Friday night. By the next morning, Jamil had given me a thorough answer to my question, even though GABF was only a couple weeks away, and he's running a successful brewery. He still takes time to help us homebrewers out. Thanks for all you do. Uh, It's a hell of a service to the community. That's Justin from Eugene. Um, and finally, JP writes in. It's not me. I don't know. It's a different Mm, JP. I've never listened to the Sour Hour. I'm sure it exists, but can we please put the comics page back up in the men's bathroom at the bar? Different JP, of course. Just having something to laugh at besides my neighbor's tiny balls. This clearly was our JP. Uh, Nobody who goes to the HG wants to read anything in the Wall Street Journal. (laughs) I've heard this before. There's two JPs that are here. I heard this live. I agree with this man. And my balls are barely under average. (laughs) I think we switched to the Wall Street Journal because the other newspaper, after... Repeated tries could not figure out how to deliver the paper oh. to us, oh, so. and so Scott got annoyed after a hundred phone calls and um, decided we'll just switch. Just put up something nobody wants to read. Yeah. Peeing. <laughs> right. So that's why you have the Wall Street Journal now. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. All right, another long first segment. Let's get ourselves to a break. Don't forget about Beersmith homebrewing software. You can go to beersmith.com, check it out, get a free 21-day trial of the software. You won't regret it. You don't have to take my word for it because you can get your money back. Uh, Or no, you don't even spend your money. You just get your free trial, and then it expires after 21 days unless you love it, which you will. There's a podcast, video tutorials, and more things than you will know what to do with with the Beersmith homebrewing software. Go check it out over at beersmith.com. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Rye Bevel is back in the studio and we're going to be talking about uh, the Asian beer conglomerates buying up all of America. What? Well, not exactly that, but close. Hang in there. It's the session. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network.
Are you a member of the White Labs Customer Club? If not, you should be. It's the easiest way to earn free stuff for turning in your old homebrew labels from either vials or pure pitch. All you have to do is save your labels and redeem them for things like free yeast, an exclusive White Labs t-shirt or sweatshirt, and even the opportunity to brew with the yeast man himself, Chris White. Signing up is easy. Just go to whitelabs.com slash customer club, fill out the registration form, and then mail in your labels. They will return the favor by sending you awesome White Labs swag. Go sign up today at whitelabs.com slash customer club. White Labs, pure yeast and fermentation since 1995. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! Do you like beer? They make beer. Watch out! Do you like friends and fun? They make friends and fun. Watch out! Do you still like to have a good time? The 21st Amendment. Watch out! The 21st Amendment in San Francisco, located at 563 2nd Street, two blocks from the building where baseball is seen and played. Try their beers in the pub or try them in the can. Featuring... Monk's Blood. Made with real monk. Watch out! So why not have the best time of your life? Go to the 21A and Sean O'Sullivan will personally greet you with a can of... Monk's Blood. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! This advertisement is not in any way affiliated nor associated with the 21st Amendment Bar and Pub, nor its subsidiaries or affiliates. This telecast is not copywritten by the 21st Amendment for the private use of the Brewing Network. Any use of this telecast without Jamil Zanishev's consent is prohibited. Saka JP. Brewing great beer is a process of continuous learning, and the best books on every aspect of brewing can be found at Brewers Publications, with more than 50 awesome titles like Modern Homebrew Recipes by Gordon Strong, Designing Great Beers, The Ultimate Guide to Brewing Classic Beer Styles by Ray Daniels, American Sour Beers, Innovative Techniques for Mixed Fermentations by Michael Tonsmeyer, For the Love of Hops, The Practical Guide to Aroma, Bitterness, and the Culture of Hops by Stan Hieronymus. And Radical Brewing, Recipes, Tales, and World-Altering Meditations in a Glass by Randy Mosher, plus many, many more. These are the books and the authors with the knowledge to push your brewing farther than you thought possible. And you'll find them all at fine homebrew and book retailers everywhere. And visit the website at BrewersPublications.com. Brewers Publications, all the best on beer and brewing. Marin Brewing Company in Northern California has been making award-winning beers for more than 25 freaking years. Today, I want to tell you about their new 12-ounce cans of Mount Tam Pale Ale. The good stuff, Mount Tam is bright gold, 5.5% ABV to keep you feeling good, and has been winning awards since 1989. If you're visiting the Bay Area, get your butt out to Marin Brewing Company. They pour tasty beers and serve great food every day until midnight. Come in for a tour, stay for the food, and pick up a six-pack of cans of Mount Tam Pale Ale to enjoy at home, camping, biking, or whatever the hell you do. Owner Brandon Moylan has this to say about Marin Brewing Beers. It's freaking awesome. Marin Brewing has won more than 100 gold medals in international competitions. Check out MarinBrewing.com for all their award-winning beers, food, and merch. Marin Brewing Company in Larkspur, California. Award-winning taste, refreshing finish. It's freaking awesome. Hey, this is Julian Trego from Beachwood Brewing, and you are listening to The Session on the Brewing Network. 
All right, welcome back to the program, and thank you so much for sticking with us. We got a lot to do today. I uh, just want to remind you about our friends over at Great Fermentations. Great Fermentations has the largest catalog of Blickman products on the web, and their staff is some of the best trained in the business in using Blickman products. They have top-notch customer service and same-day shipping on many items. Check them out at greatfermentations.com, and you can like them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at GR8 Fermentation. So do all that, and thank Great Fermentations for supporting this program. All right, we are back with Rai from the Japan Beer Times, and uh, we're going to be talking, as I mentioned, about um, Asian uh, breweries getting involved in American craft beer. Uh, of course, we've been talking for quite some time about uh, different uh, large beer conglomerates buying American craft beer, and it's uh, just come up a little more recently that this is uh, also happening with uh, some of the larger Asian breweries. So, Rai, thanks for being back with us. Thank you for having me again. And along with Rai, uh, a great surprise uh, for us. I'm really excited that Rai helped us put this together, too. Uh, we've got the, the president of Brooklyn Brewery on with us. Um, Robin Ottaway should be on the line, too. Robin, are you there? Yes. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thanks so much for joining us at the last minute. I appreciate that. No problem. Thank you for having me. Of course. We've had Garrett on the show a few times, actually. Always had a good time uh, with, with your brewmaster, Garrett Oliver. Um, so uh, a pleasure to be talking to more of the company. Uh, although I might make fun of you just as much as I do, Garrett, as the show goes on. Just so you know, Robin. <laughs> you know, just, G- Garrett's not the easiest guy in the world to follow up uh, uh, after, but uh, I'll do my best. So. <laughs> You'll do fine. I will admit I offered him his own show on the Brewing Network after his appearance. He was so good. Uh, of course, really I never was. followed up on him. He's a busy man. So. I-, I have the pleasure of sitting very uh, close to Garrett, about as close as you can get, and I do not need to hear any more of him than I do as much as I love him. <laughs> <laughs> Understood. Understood. Um, so I just want to remind listeners a little bit, you know, uh, we had Rai on the show a couple years ago, uh, the publisher of the Japan Beer Times. And how long have you been doing that magazine now? It'll be eight years with our upcoming issue. Okay. Oh, see, you've been wow. at it. Good for you. Congratulations. Um, and you still, uh, you, you, of course, live in Berkeley here in California, but spend a lot of time. Yeah. You do. I still okay. have my main office in Yokohama. You do. And, okay. And uh, do the back and forth. I've got a very solid team in Japan running the show. Very responsible drinkers over there drinking and working. Got it. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, responsible. As, you should, as you should. Managing to keep the, the business together. <laughs> as long as that's happening. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Myriad. Myriad. Yeah. Some responsible people. <laughs> that's right. A myriad. Uh, and uh, listeners uh, might remember that uh, our very own Beardy once uh, graced the cover of a Japan Beer Times. It was the faux cover. Fake cover. cover. Yeah. Yeah. It was the Man Beer Times. Right. Oh. <laughs> right. The I'm first telling issue. You, I still, I think I told you this back then, I still uh, adamantly believe this. Had you actually put that thing on the cover, his beard, you would have sold some magazines, man. They, people would have liked it. <laughs> it was funny because we posted that it, just you know for the listeners. It was a, a picture of Beardy in his underwear doing a very sexy pose. Right. And we, we did a mock cover that said, you know, man beer times instead of Japan beer times. So we put it out on social media. Yeah. There were quite a lot of people in Japan who thought that that was the actual cover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and it got, it, at, at that time, it had the most likes of, of 
any posting we'd ever done on Facebook. Right. Uh, and then, of course, there were you know people that were just incensed. <laughs> of course. You know, why would you do that to your sponsors? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I get asked that all the time. Because they wanted to sell magazines. <laughs> That's right. Oh, uh, yeah. A yeah. lot. I guess the problem is you have nothing to do with Japanese beer, so we could have put you on the cover, but for no reason. Yeah. Well, know, right. Or sex. In other words, you're just <laughs> as useless to Rye as you are to us. Well, they did call me fat <laughs> on the cover also. They did? Oh. I like hairy, fat, uh, <laughs> unsexy brewer. Oh my god! Yeah, wow. all of those are true. Okay. Yeah, you're, you're right. mostly naked. Yeah. Honesty and, and journalism. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it cut, <laughs> cut real deep. He's been on a diet ever since. <laughs> That's not working. The shame diet. <laughs> I eat cardboard. All right. Shame uh, diet. So that's Rye, and we wanted to talk a little bit about uh, different acquisitions that are happening, and and you know not just that, but kind of get more of an insight into the Asian beer market and how um, sort of the same trend of of, of uh, partnering with purchasing uh, all the different ways that uh, American craft brewers are. Um, yeah, getting bought or, or partnered with. And, 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 you know, just some, some context for why this should matter to us. Of course, uh, Sapporo uh, recently bought Anchor Steam. Um, as Robin will tell us, uh, Kirin has a, a pretty strong partnership with Brooklyn Brewery. Um, Japan is one of the largest export markets for American craft beer, according to the, the um, Brewers Association Export Development Program. Okay. So this is definitely a market we should care about um, and, you know, Kirin, Sapporo, Asahi, Suntory. I mean, these are major brands with a lot of money that could be, you know, sniffing out their next purchase in America. So it's sure. definitely worth uh, Like the Brewing about. Network? Like the yeah, Brewing the Network. Brewing yeah. Network. Oh, we're for sale, Robin. Yeah. I'm telling you right now. All of us. <laughs> we're good friends with uh, Sully. It'd be great. All right. Well, why don't we start with, with Brooklyn and then kind of get... we? Could, that's a good timeline we can follow here with, with Robin uh, because there's some uh, you know newer developments as well. Um, and so, Robin, maybe you could give us uh, just a little background when uh, you got involved with Kieran, how they got involved, and, and even why, uh, uh, from your standpoint. I mean, I guess I'll speak... For, for you know our, ourselves for Brooklyn Brewery, um, you know going back, oh gosh, it's probably I keep saying a year or two ago, and now it's longer than that. I'd say it's about two or three years ago when the landscape started to change, and I and I don't claim to be a historian, so I will speak in general terms. But what I mean by the landscape changing is all of a sudden the, the big guys showed up, private equity showed up. Um, you know, we were coming off of the golden years of craft when everyone was growing, you know, exponentially and we were smart and sexy and pretty and all the things that we aren't quite as much as we used to be. <laughs> now, but, uh, yeah. We, we were, we were the shiny thing and, and a lot of us, um, you know, were being approached and probably like a lot of people, um, we, you know, did our due diligence, meaning we, we, you know, we didn't speak to everyone, but we certainly, spoke to anyone who we thought were relevant players, uh, you know, partly just to find out what they were doing and if the landscape was going to change. Sure. Um, also, our experience, we've had a long-term distribution relationship with Carlsberg in Europe and our experience in overseas markets where you do not have an independent, independent middle tier you know, um, really gives the bigger guys uh, much more, you know, kind of control and influence on the market. So, as a, as a you know, we understood the importance of aligning 
for the bigger breweries overseas in order to just to simply to get access to market. So yeah. um, combine that with the fact that we wanted to maintain control of our company and, you know, not everyone, not all the suitors were interested in that kind of a relationship. Oh, and I understandably bet. for some of the valuations that people are paying, they wanted to have control and, you know, and that's fine, but uh, it's what it was not our preference. And, you know, we were able to find a good partner that, um, you know, we were looking for a strategic investor and we found a good one in Kieran and that they were willing to, you know, keep, you know, leave us in control to have a, um, in, you know, in Japan and also in some other markets, but particularly Japan, they have, you know, tremendous access to market. And, you know, we dated and we liked each other and, uh, <laughs> and here we are. So. Got it. Well, and let's back up to the middle there, too, because uh, I'm glad you mentioned your uh, distribution in Europe even before this. And that's something I noticed as early as, gosh, I want to say uh, 2003 or four was the first time I traveled in Europe. And I remember seeing Brooklyn Brewery there. And, and still today, I find your bre- your beer in more parts of the world than most. There are a few other breweries on that list. I see Rogue in a lot of places. I see, of course, Sierra Nevada. But, you know, for years, I've I've really seen Brooklyn. And I've had two thoughts about that that I just wonder you, you could comment on. One was uh, it's obviously a strategic move on your part to, uh, you know, potentially sell more beer. But the other thought I've always had is that it's a marketing uh, um, bonus for you guys. The Brooklyn brand is a the city of Brooklyn. Let me just say is a worldwide phenomenon. I, I don't know why exactly. It's just one of those cultural things. People love the word. They love the idea of of Brooklyn. You can thank the Wu Tang Clan. So yeah, He's, well, absolutely. Music yeah. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Thank a lot of cultural. You can thank a lot of cultural important cultural figures for that. Uh, right. No, I mean I'd say I mean there are a bunch of different things there. Uh, first of all, the whole Brooklyn thing. There's no question that Brooklyn. Um, I think it, to me, at least globally, it represents all the positive aspects of America and this kind of urban creative culture and, you know, none of the negative aspects of America without getting good, without getting political on on a beer show. That's all right. um, And then, and then, you know, you go back to, you know, all sorts of movies and and Brooklyn is definitely a mythical place. I can tell you that when, (laughs) you know, Steve Hindy and Tom Potter founded Brooklyn, you know, coming up on uh, 30 years ago, it wasn't an obvious choice because Brooklyn wasn't cool back then. Okay. And it's become cool. And we've certainly benefited from that, just like we've benefited, you know, also just the rise of, of American beer globally. Sure. I think the other thing, too, is all of us have very international backgrounds. I mean, you know, Steve Hendy learning about beer in the Middle East, uh, uh, you know, uh, a colleague of his was my father, who was working for the Washington Post in the Middle East, and that's how ultimately we got, uh, or at least initially, and ultimately got connected there. Garrett, you know, you had him on the show. I'm sure he's spoken about his international background. So, you know, a lot of us have, uh, you know, a pretty international backgrounds. I'm, my brother and I are dual Italian and American citizens. Our mother's Italian, and we spent a lot of time in Europe and Africa growing up. So, again, I think we were predisposed to it. So it's kind of a confluence of all these different events. And then specifically with Carlsberg, frankly, they just came to us. They gave Garrett an award in, uh, oh, man, 2003 or four, the Semper Ardens Award, recognizing people who've done, you know, good work in beer. Wow. 
and, uh, and that's kind of how we got connected and they started distributing us. And, you know, I don't think we ever saw it as like a marketing thing, like, hey, we'll, we'll, we're going to, you know, um, say that we're, you know, we're going to sell internationally just so we can say that here. I don't think we ever saw it that way. Um, but, uh, you know, it's turned into, a, you know, 50% of our business. So it's turned into, wow. a, a, you know, a big, a big chunk of who we are. And, you know, I guess like with everyone, you, you, you know, you start something and then opportunities present themselves and you, you know, you follow those paths. And so here we are. And, sure. Uh, you know, we're quite fortunate. Again, I think the Brooklyn, there's no question that Brooklyn's a good name in regards to going away from home. Was it 50 percent of your business export before Kieran, like with the Carlsbad distribution, too? Or uh, is- it would have yeah, uh, wow. I mean, yeah, the Karen thing's relatively recent, so you know the trends really haven't changed anything since then. So Got I it. mean, the Karen thing only actually, you know, happened earlier this year. It got announced at the end of next, last year, but so we've only been working with them together in Japan, for example, since April. So it's really very recent. I see, Robin. Do you have any expectations for Japan that you can share? I mean, this is the world's um, third largest economy. I mean, you know, the biggest thing, you know, the player. biggest thing is that the the market's got to grow. I mean, Japan's always had a, a good craft beer presence and, and certainly a leadership position in Asia. Um, however, it's still quite small. And like the rest of Asia, I don't think anyone's much above 1% market share. So, I mean, it doesn't matter what my expectations are. If we don't get that market share growing, you know, uh, like it has in the U.S., then, then you know, none of us are going to get anywhere. And, and I think that's really the relevance of the big guys, not only in Asia, but in other parts of the world, embracing craft. And I'm not commenting on the U.S. here because, again, the U.S. has a very different market structure. But yeah. overseas, it's the big guys getting into craft that's really going to give, you know, uh, the opportunity for the whole segment to grow. And Japan, obviously not the only uh, populous location there, is is part of the plan uh, to be able to move more beer into China easily, uh, which is, I'm told, you know, a lot of people talk about, like, that is the next just enormous beer market. Beer and wine. Um, uh, j- and it's just a, it's a population game, really. Yeah. Um, so, is you know, is that the plan with, with being brewed in Japan as well, just access to other markets? I mean, not not necessarily. We've already been in those other markets for a long time too, and and you know, Kieran doesn't really have a presence, at least specifically in in China. So, okay. uh, you know, and and you know, not necessarily. It's not in some cases if you have a presence in the big cities. I'm sure there's a fair amount of mixing and all that, but but you know, it, it's probably not necessarily. You know, if you if you make it happen in Japan, that's not necessarily a springboard to anywhere else. I think you really, you know, you tackle each one as an individual market that, I mean, you know, China's so big, it's like, <laughs> yeah. even within China, there's multiple huge markets. I mean, Shanghai alone is 30 million people. That's bigger than most countries in the world. So, right. That's just crazy. <laughs> you know, I was, I was the in, numbers there are in scary. Shanghai, interestingly, in, in, in the spring enjoying a a Brooklyn lager in Shanghai and <laughs> and it was their equivalent of the uh you know the the Brewers Association has their their annual um expo yeah it was China's equivalent and uh you know the a brewer gave him some amazing speech and I asked him so you do you sell most of your beer locally and he looked at me funny and he said well, yeah, I've got 300 million people who live <laughs> locally. <laughs> and it's just like, you know, just the whole scale of China is incredible. Yeah. And, and, you know, Japan's a, 
equivalent economy, but just the scale, it's it's kind of it's it's small very different in thing, that yeah. sense. Okay, <laughs> but it sounds like if if you know Robin's saying it's still everybody's less than one percent, which is when we you know when the brewing network started, that's what craft beer was here in America. Um, so there's tons of room for growth that mm-hmm. we're seeing. I mean, Japan's still an incredible uh, beer consumer. Yeah, I mean, it's 130 million people. And yes, the society is aging, and you hear all these horror stories about the demographics, but it still consumes quite a lot of beer. Okay. And, it, you know, the craft brewing industry has been around for a little more than 20 years, and it's just been kind of chugging along, and it's about, you know, it's been about 1%. And, but recently, you know, the last two years, you could you could see it start to take off and start, you know, to spill into the mainstream. And Kirin and some of these large players said, you know, we ought to like get in on this now rather than what happened in America where suddenly craft brew exploded and I, I feel like a lot of the you know the, the big breweries a little bit started, of playing yeah, catch they, up. They, they they started playing catch up. So it's interesting what Robin said where um, you kind of need these players, the the big breweries to, For to grow beer. that that market share and um, and that's the controversial point in Japan. Do, yeah, we, so do we, we really need big breweries it, to grow the market share? I mean, the big brewery, the, the small breweries have been doing a pretty good job the last 20 years popularizing craft beer. And that's the big controversial point. Robin's other good point is, is access to market. It's incredibly difficult in Japan. And by partnering with Kirin, they can get into the grocery stores. They can get into the convenience stores, which are on every corner in Japan. Whereas so, you can't as an independent brewer it's right now? difficult. Just difficult. difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that makes sense because... Well, e- even, even large parts, I mean, all the high-volume accounts globally are tied up perfect, perfectly legally, mind you, with contracts with big brewers. That's just simply how it works. And I know that may... Mm-hmm. Found odd to us in America with the independent, you know, independent middle tier, and, and thank God for that. And that's, you know, you want to know why America's at whatever fifteen percent of volume and twenty percent of value and craft or whatever, whatever exactly the numbers are. It's the fact that we have a different market structure. Right. So, um, you know, we have a lot more independence here, and obviously, you know, there's the, all that real estate, quote unquote, is not, you know, legally tied up. Sure. So you mean prohibition actually helped to do something? Yep. <laughs> that's, that's Damn it. Yeah. In, inadvertently, yeah, right. maybe. Yeah, well, it gave us the Kennedys, and it gave us a three-tier system. So, oh, uh, right. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, well, and so it's an excellent point about just, just market share and being able to get beer out there. It's, it's, almost, it's a little saddening to hear in some ways if you're saying that for 20 years the little craft breweries have been plugging along, but the only real way to break through because of the legal system is is to bring, bring on I mean, big breweries. And now, of course, you get into the discussion of, well, depending on how the big breweries are involved, is it is it craft beer? So Brooklyn, uh, you know, Robin, you guys made the choice to um, only sell enough of the company so that you still fall under the Brewers Association definition of ownership. You kept control of your brewery. You make the beer you, you want to make. And so so to me, that's a no-brainer. We're a craft brewery. Um but as we get into, yeah, you know, a full buyout and so on, if they're using the words craft beer, and is it, are we then still truly seeing craft beer growth, I guess is what I would ask. Um, you know, I don't, curious what either one of you think about that. That's, so this is, this is where it gets really difficult. Um, in Japan, there is no industry definition of craft beer. You know, the brewers 
association. You know, it's controversial their definition sure. of craft beer, but yeah. I, I think that ultimately it was a positive thing that they came together as a, or rather, craft brewers, craft breweries came together as a trade organization to define craft beer and say we will work as a convoy to protect what it is that we do, which is craft beer. Yeah. In Japan, the breweries went twenty years without doing that. And then suddenly Kirin jumps in, Asahi jumps in, all these big breweries jump in. So we're going to make craft beer. Well, by that time, it was too late. There was nothing anyone could do to say, well, wait, no, that's not craft beer. I mean, yeah. Mm. But did they jump just, in and make craft beer, or did they jump in and bought craft breweries like both. that's happening they here? They did both. Because so okay. we tried that yeah. here, too, by the way, right? <laughs> Anheuser-Busch for years tried to make craft beer. Oh, yeah. And yeah. It was it, terrible. There's yeah. a couple of exceptions. It depends on how you consider it. Some of their experiments uh, were successful. Uh, Blue Moon. Right, that was a dabble in like we yeah. got to make some craft beer. Let's try this. That one worked. Even, well, even the shock top or shock whatever. Top still a thing. But when they tried to do like the you know uh, Green Lakes Brewery Pale Ale, uh, it just they failed miserably. Or so but the they Budweiser tried. Amber, even just yeah. straight up, yeah, mm, calling it that, not not hiding under like the Green Lakes, like you said. Right. right. So well, there was Sierra so Ridge too. Yeah, 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 I remember that. And that's yeah. I don't know if it was Greece. That so might have been Kirin, I mean, this is how it all started. Kirin mm-hmm. uh, about three years ago. Just said, hey, we're going to launch a craft brewery. And I was like, well, you can't because you're a macro brewery. <laughs> like, no, we can't. It's a small brewery. Oh, okay. And um, they, they, la- they launched the equivalent of a micro brewery. It's beautiful. I mean, Rob and I have been there. Oh, um, cool. And they, they do pretty decent beer. Okay. Um, and they have another one on, on their Keering campus. And then they opened a, another one in, in um, Kyoto recently. So they've got these three micro breweries that are doing what I guess you could call craft beer. Depending, you know, in Japan's context where there is no mm. definition, and do they only sell those beers on premise? Uh, yes, yeah. As far as so I they're know. like kind yeah, of the and, and online, online, and online. Oh, you interesting. can buy you can buy beer over the internet in Japan. It's actually they've just they've just started limited draft distribution too, but but definitely limited, and and you know they don't seem to be any big hurry to roll it out in a larger way. Okay, I expect like, if you buy craft beer over the internet in Japan, a robot. Of your waifu, like comes and delivers it, like you know what I mean. Like it, it, it's just—it's not like here's a truck with a box. No. It needs to be some sort of robotic yeah. delivery system. Hello, Mister Rye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? But it's pretty amazing. I mean, for there's never been. It, it's, it seems like the wild west to people in America that you can go online and you can go to your favorite brewery and they have an online site. And you can say, "Ship me a case of beer." Yeah, it, it arrives at your door. Huh. Right. It's, you, you would think what a that, time to be alive, yeah. man. I love this. But it's been that way for... Yeah, there's very little access for the... Sm- it's always like this. There's very little access for the small brewery to put their beer on the shelf. Right. But you can order everything in the world online. Exactly. But, uh, so the, how much the, does the shelf space matter? I'm sorry. I didn't mean it, to, I mean, to it cut means, you off. It right. means a lot. And, for and, growth. You know, uh, hmm. the, the chief economist at, at Brewers Association, Bart Watson, did yeah. an interesting study about who, who's doing the, the beer buying. Um, and it's... Probably you know very similar in America to Japan. I mean, the housewives are going out and they're buying the beer. They they're the ones going to the supermarket or the convenience store and buying the beer. So obviously, you know, Kirin and a lot of these big companies are going to be targeting that demographic very heavily, and they're going to be controlling that self, that shelf space uh, as much as they can. And it's very very hard for craft breweries to get into the supermarkets, to get into the convenience stores. It is okay. extremely difficult. So, well, and, and I mean, to, to service them is very difficult. That's another, um, you know, to get, to get even to make enough beer to get the broad distribution. Also, don't forget, I mean, 
we're, we're talking primarily about off-premise, but you know, in a lot of other countries, particularly Japan, on-premise is a much bigger uh, percentage of the total business than it is in the U.S., and therefore the on-premise consumption is hugely important, and that's where you know the the you know the big guys have a huge advantage for you know any number of reasons. But again, starting with the contracts, and you can you know it's easy to knock the contracts, but for example, the contracts act as financing for the accounts in a lot of cases. Um, and you know it varies from country to country, but the, you know in some countries a bank doesn't give you financing for a ba- for uh, for a bar. The only people who right. do are the breweries. So it's just a completely different system. I guess you know one thing I'd say is you know you know the system in each country is going to be what it is, and you know unlikely as outsiders we're going to do anything to change that. I think uh, you know I think the the. In these markets where the big guys have more influence, if they are pushing craft beer and they are introducing consumers to craft beer and, and you know, you know, it directly or indirectly educating people and bringing awareness to craft beer, that's going to create a lot of opportunities um, for, you know, a lot more breweries. Okay, and maybe they won't have, you know, broad access, but, you know, the majorities of, a majority of breweries in the U.S. aren't actually distributing and don't need broad access to, you know, have successful businesses. They're relying essentially on neighborhoods or, or you know, towns or, you know, relatively small geographic areas. So sure. I, I think there's many different layers to this discussion and, and a lot of complex, you know, issues involved. And of course, it's very different in different markets just because of these, you know, structures of how, how the system, beer system works. What would you say the percentage of kind of these like tide houses are in Japan? If you go or just walking down the street at a, and you see a bunch of bars, how many of them are contracted with the breweries where... The macro breweries. Oh gosh, almost all of them. Really? Almost all. Um, so here, here, you know, the thing to remember is um, the craft brewing industry started 20 years ago. I mean, it's it's not a lot of time. Mm-hmm. And there, you know, eight years ago when I started my magazine, there were a few dozen specialty craft beer bars that said, you know, we don't want anything to do with the big breweries. We're going to launch our own places. We're going to have our own tap systems. But that's you know, even even in this. Even now, there's maybe I don't know a thousand, fifteen hundred dedicated craft beer bars. Okay, I mean that's not a lot in a country of a hundred million people. Wow. And what what's interesting is that you know Japan's a small place. It's it's real estate's mm-hmm. expensive. Most of the bars are as big as this studio, which is what you wow. know, fifteen feet by by ten. Sure. And there's no walk-in, you know, refrigerators. It there's no. Mm. There's no refrigerated keg. It's really hard to do that in a mm. small bar. Yeah. And so Kirin and, and, and Asahi and Sapporo and these guys, you know, they provide the flash cooler. So there's a, a kind of infrastructure problem as well for craft beer getting into most of these tiny bars and restaurants around Japan. Well, that doesn't I sound see. like a very expensive build-out. Why, why can't just, you know, two you know, Japanese college students open up a bar with 20 taps and only do independent beer? I mean, it's happening more it and more, but you, you figure this is it, it's twenty years is not a lot of time. Well, so you've got you know most of the legacy businesses that have been serving the big three, and you've got you sure. know these salary men, you know, the, you, as you've seen, mm-hmm. um, with limited budgets going into these bars and, and pounding. Yeah, beers. it's hard to suddenly, say no to at yeah. that point. So well, no, actually, you give free yeah, beer also, you guys. You also got to remember that you know in America we have this like love for the underdog uh, and 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 you know and and kind of particularly I mean I don't think it's any coincidence that craft beer flourished after you know the meltdown in '08 and people really getting frustrated with just big yeah but in a lot of other countries you know small isn't 
necessarily prized in the same way and consumers have a different relationship with big um and you know the other thing too in japan specifically is you don't really you know we're used to kind of a duopoly system over here with big brewers maybe it's three now but over there you got four players who are battling you know going at it um and essentially i mean you know frankly they've been battling over price for years and trying to figure out how to make beer as cheaply as possible and that's been bad for beer and then you know over time beer slows down and it doesn't grow and and there's no value in it because they've been pricing it away and you know some of this is also economically driven for big brewers right i mean what has gone up you know beer pricing has gone up and and uh and and you know they're realizing that they're not just going to have it, you know, the the future world isn't about people guzzling cheap beer. That's a tough way to make a living. And so things are changing. I mean, they're responding to consumer demand and different, you know, con- changing consumer habits. Sure. Um, so, you know, I think there'll be more opportunities for, for everyone. And, you know, just even even as there's more awareness of beer in general and craft beer in general, you know, the, the example one you guys gave of the two college kids starting up a tap house, well, that's going to that's gonna happen more and more. So there will be more opportunities. I have no doubt about it. And, you know, one thing that, that Kirin did that was very, very clever, they looked at that infrastructure problem. And they said, well, we've got these tiny places. There's, they can't do a walk-in system. They can't even refrigerate a keg, you know, with, with, with a, a system, you know, like most bars in America have. So they developed this this new system I, I think the word is like craft marche where they develop these like tiny systems yeah that can fit on the counter <laughs> of uh izakaya or mm-hmm. these little you know grilled chicken bars they're tiny and they have these like one There's liter three, two liter it's, it's a unit that has four three liter pet kegs okay that can be you know swapped out so wow. you can imagine i mean three liter bottle is tiny right yeah, yeah. 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 So they just, yeah. i guess they just they're service able to it every offer day variety. there's four brands there's four breweries that they offer one is their own spring valley the other is you know brooklyn uh and then yahoo brewing which they also i think they own 30 percent of them mm-hmm. and then the last one is hitachino that they have no ownership mm-hmm. stake at all and they're mm-hmm. just you know, they're and they're representing them as a third party and making them available to consumers. So, you know, you could look at that and say, all right, well, if Yahoo and Brooklyn are independent and Hitachino's, you know, hundred, you know, independent by anyone's definition. Yeah. There's an example where big guys in their own economic interests are bringing, you know, uh, craft beer. I think by anyone's definition, that counts as real craft beer. And so, you know, there's an example of, of a positive, you know, for like everyone. The that's for you're sure. Right. When you bring the other guys beer, yeah. And but you know, just to illustrate what this means, they, they built these systems to go into the small eateries and bars in Japan. I mean that. That's in the equivalent of America. It would be like somebody, you know, pushing Lagunitas, Sierra Nevada, a lot of the big players into every single McDonald's, Taco Bell, Burger King. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You'd be going into those places just to introduce, you know, your average citizen to craft beer. So it was a a brilliant move by Kirin, I think. Um, and it'll certainly introduce people to craft beer, but it, it raises a lot of other issues, obviously. <laughs> you know, Kirin's sure. in control of that access to market. And then, you know, all the other craft beers, like, well, we built the popularity of craft beer, and now suddenly... Well, that's you know, just the nature of the beast, isn't it? In mm-hmm. any industry, you know, it sucks for you for being first. That's just always mm-hmm. how it's going to be. Uh, and by the way, I'm not saying that's awesome. I'm mm-hmm. just saying that's every industry, really. Yeah, good thing Amazon doesn't do on-premise. That's on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, or or it's, it's podcast. Reality is what yeah. It is. Right. Well, the Amazon Wine, for example, they're killing... They killed Amazon Wine because they bought Whole Foods. 
So in a way, they are doing on-premise now because now they bought that infrastructure. Uh, I mean, I wonder if it's even fair. You know, the other reason why they did it is FedEx and UPS have announced starting in January, they're not going to be shipping beer so that, oh. or shipping wine anymore. Oh. So that, that also has a big that's factor. That's probably, that's kill, probably more of it. a lot of delivery well, businesses. And, yeah. yeah. And now, technically, Amazon is in making beer because Whole Foods had two breweries mm-hmm. on site. So now Amazon oh. is in the beer business. Great. God bless him. Yeah. I wonder if it's almost, air quote, fair to compare the Japanese market with the American market because it sounds like they're set up entirely differently. They're yeah. they're completely different animals. So I, don't know, I was thinking like early on, like no, like, think, like think, is is it, it? Can you say that the Japanese market is behind the American market by X number of years? Like we've said that about um, Australian homebrewing early on in the shows, right? Like you know they're ten years beyond because you can still buy the kit and kilo kits at the you know yeah. Kroger's or Safeway or whatever, but we don't yeah. do that here. Is is that fundamentally incorrect to to compare the American market to the Japanese market because they're just different animals? It's a totally different battle, yeah. What do you think, Robin? I mean, I think, listen, I think the overall fundamentals are there. You know, consumers want more flavor, um, you know, uh, and, and, you know, it's not just American consumers that want more flavor. Everyone wants more flavor. Uh, a perfect example of that is, you know, talking to some guys I deal with at Kieran, you know, who, who have kids at school, and they said when they were growing up, all they got at school was Japanese food. And now their kids are getting, guess what? They're getting the exact same stuff our kids are getting, getting pizza and, you know, all that wonderfully mass-produced food. No, I'm <laughs> joking. Them. So they're, getting, they're getting exposed to, you know, different flavors, just like our kids are getting raised with soy sauce and ponzu and whatever, all sorts mm. of different things that are no longer, you know, considered exotic in their diet, so that you know, I think there's there's a lot of things in common there. I think the overall, you know, the, that beer isn't, you know, on a on a mass level, it's not growing as fast anymore, and and so that you know, uh, you know, consumers want something different. They want more flavor. Look at wine. Look at spirits. There, you know, look at cocktails. So I think, you know, there, there's I think there are similarities in the market, and then you have structures that then affect, you know, how quickly these changes happen, or exactly, you know, how they take effect in different markets. But we always look at it as just kind of like a timeline and obviously you know you kind of measure it off of our timeline and meaning the u.s market because we're really the, the instigators of at least modern craft beer obviously it existed in other forms in the past <laughs> but you know craft beer as we know it is clearly an american thing mm. we've got the longest timeline and every other country is going to do it faster than we do and some markets are going to do it a lot quicker depending on market conditions korea is a super dynamic place and things change very quickly there and that's a market that's changed completely hong kong Kong. I was in Hong Kong in 14, and there was one brewery in 2014, and now there's, you know, 20 plus just wow. in three years. Yeah. So these people can, you know, these markets are, are super dynamic. There's tons of money. There's tons of, uh, you know, young people who've traveled the world and been exposed to American craft beer and beer all over the world. So that, you know, it's a, you know, the, uh, you can compare markets, but I think, you know, I, you know, we may be ahead, but I think other people are, are moving down the timelines, you know, in some cases faster than we did. Sure. Mm-hmm. I drank Brooklyn beer in Hong Kong, as a matter of fact, and it was your logo out front that brought me into the bar. Because I, oh. I, well, I just knew uh. I was looking. For, I knew that there were craft beer bars in Hong Kong. I was not quite with my friend that day who could tell me where to go. It was one right. of my loner days. Oh. Walked by this place, saw Brooklyn, you know, neon sign, and I was Familiar. like, "Craft beer is going <laughs> to be in there." Yeah, and uh, they did have several craft beers. I went with the Brooklyn, Robin, just so you know. How'd the beer um, taste? Good man, thank you. You know what? It tastes. 
tasted fine. Yeah? I think it did. Uh, so I have a rule about... Uh, and this is going to sound counterintuitive, actually. Um, I will actually buy out of bottles more often when I'm traveling. Even though yes. even mm-hmm. though the yes. keg would generally maybe last the, the distance a little bit better, it's the draft systems in the bars I'm more concerned about. Sure. The, yeah. the standards and no, procedures. It's good instinct, and it's because of the cold... <laughs> You know the cold chain, so we can get the beer. We ship reefer. We can get it there cold. Okay. But, you know beers, particularly unpasteurized beers. There's no storage. Like like Rye explained that earlier. These are tiny. In a lot of cases, they're small. You know, depending on the market. I mean, New, you yeah. know, Hong Kong makes New York look cheap in terms of retail rents, and I'm not even kidding. It's like two, two, three times more expensive than New York City. Wow. So they don't have any space to, for a cold box. And and uh, and also beer is pasteurized everywhere else in the world, even the big breweries. It's only in America that we have this whole supply chain, including retail, where everything is cold. So that there's a you know there's a bigger there's another obstacle, mind you, to 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 to, to in terms of how to go to market for craft beer. You know, it's, it's and then I touched on it earlier, but you've got a, literally a different way that beer is served at retail than, right. than you do here in the U.S. <laughs> sure. Let me ask you this. I, I have a couple more questions for him, and I'll let you off the hook, Robin. But uh, how much did Japan uh, and the market there actually influence your decision to uh, partner with Kieran? Because it it sounds to me like your 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 market share is about the same in terms of fifty percent there, fifty percent here. Um, and of course, you mentioned that they would you know let you stay independent and and met so many of your other needs. So I'm curious how much of it even mattered that they uh, that you would be able to brew in Japan as opposed to partnering with another company. I mean, I think Japan. Uh, you know, a we you know we just we like Japan. We like to visit it. We like the culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm not the. Rai's not the only one uh, that who has fallen in love with the Japanese culture. Presumably, that's why he has so many ties. Because, like a lot of Americans and just people in general, it's it's you know it's a wonderful culture and mm-hmm. great people. Um, you know, I, I think the Japanese market itself is a significant market. It's also you know it's a wealthy country, and and therefore you know the the, the, the you know the pricing situation is very good. You know, you compare it to China, and China is you know in, gr- rapidly growing in terms of its wealth. But, you know, the, the Japanese or the Chinese economy just overtook the J- Japanese economy, you know, in recent whatever it was, three, four years ago. And, and, you know, sorry, it may be a little longer than that, but relatively recently, it's got 10 times as many people. So just to put it into perspective, Japan on a per capita basis is phenomenally wealthy. And, and you know, you have a lot of people who are used to spending money on things. So, you know, it, it, you know that, that does make a difference. But, uh, you know, I, I, we didn't sit out and say, hey, what's the biggest, you know, opportunity? Because obviously when you get to pure numbers it's china and india and you know we did therefore go seek a uh, you know a specific strategic buyer it was a combination of i mean they also have a huge presence they have a 50 percent share in australia they have a good presence in some other asian markets and you know at the time oh, they're no longer there they were in brazil too which is you know a very important market and you know you get into brazil japan australia those are all good good markets for craft beer okay all right fair enough so I also have to know, if you don't mind, if you could shed any light on then, you know, so, so you got involved with Kieran end of last year, uh, early this year. And then um, uh, our friends at the, both were great friends with 21st Amendment Brewery and the guys over at Funkworks, um, you guys set up a distri- distribution deal 
as well to sort of partner together and get more beer out there. Is that right? Yes. And and I think, you know, in a nutshell, it's, it's actually not dissimilar for how we got involved with big brewers overseas. It's, it's an answer to how do you go to market in the U.S., which is, in, you know, in, in, increasingly and relentlessly competitive. And one way you can do that is, is to get scale. And, uh, and so we were able to, you know, again, in the same vein of those guys run their business, they want to stay independent. We, we, you know, we did not, uh, it's plenty of a challenge for us to run our own business. The last thing we need to do is run a bunch of other people's businesses for them. And, uh, and, but what we can do is work together in in smarter ways. And I think you're going to more and more of this, frankly, in craft because, you know, what craft lacks in order to compete with bigger breweries and even each other increasingly because yeah. we're our own competitors these days is scale. So it's just a way of getting scale. We combine our sales team together and, uh, you know, everyone in theory, everyone becomes more relevant to, to wholesalers and to retailers who are, you know, ultimately are, that's the gateway to the customer, right? Is yeah. uh, the retailer and the distributor. So uh, in theory and, and uh, you know, obviously we're confident it's going to work out or we wouldn't be doing it, but uh, we, you know, we, we have a big challenge ahead to make this all uh work but again in theory you got three good brands working together we all represent different propositions i don't think we're substitutes for each other other than that you know all beer and and to some degree all craft beers can be seen as substitutes to each other but we think we have complementary portfolios and you know and we also like each other and that's another important component (laughs) to any partnership and if you are married or in a long-term relationship of any form we'll 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 know what i'm talking about (laughs) (laughs) yeah well there's got to be advantage like you can better like each other because it ain't going to be golden every day (laughs) there's got to be an advantage now for all the reps that are in all three groups to have an expanded portfolio because part of the the competition these days is the, the the rotating tap model well, now each of those people have a bigger portfolio. They can participate more in that model. Absolutely, and there's more opportunities for everyone as you have a bigger organization to grow, and a bigger organization can you know invest more, and and, and you know that, that's what we're doing here. So, it's it's quite exciting. I think the most interesting thing from my perspective is that everyone's independent, so that you know we're working together. Um, but we're still, you know, everyone's branding and marketing and just, you know, soul is very much, you know, independent. And it's the founders that are running their businesses. And I think, you know, we were looking specifically for people who didn't want to get out because there's plenty of opportunities to get out. And there seems to be, you know, understandably, there's plenty of people who are interested in getting out. But yeah. we wanted people to work with people who really wanted to stick it out and, yeah. and you know, the, the, you know, and uh, and work together and have some fun along the way. Now, we're and, entitled to have, I hope, uh, as you should be. <laughs> well, and the fact that you're all independent and you don't have to deal with three Garrett Olivers, uh, you'll be able to still have some fun. <laughs> you know, there can there can be only one. I know I'm shamelessly stealing a line from a movie, but uh, there can be only one Garrett Oliver that that I'm sh- I'm sure of. And that's probably a good good thing for all of us. You know, I, I, would, I would say that to him if he was right here in front of me. In fact, I'd probably enjoy more saying it. <laughs> probably true. As would I. Don't worry. Yeah. Nobody's talking behind Garrett's back here. 
And <laughs> no, exactly. Um, I'm also curious. It sounds to me like d- distribution being a big part, uh, you know, and, and access to market being a big part of that relationship. Does Kieran have much to do with that? And and the the three breweries. In in other words, do they help you with distribution in the U.S. very much? No, 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 no. no they don't. I mean, they don't. They they have a pretty small presence in the U.S., so they're they're, they're not involved. And in that way, they're they're you know they our main business with them is really the Japan market in in, in terms of our overall strategy and certainly our approach in the U.S. market. I mean, they're an investor and we have some other investors and obviously we, you know, inform our investors what our plans are and we try to make sure everyone's in agreement and all that. But they're, you know, strategically, they wouldn't even claim to have much to contribute in that way. I mean, they're, they're in that way, they're very, you know, they're very uh, humble and just, you know, they know what they're good at and they know what they don't know, which I think is half the battle for everyone. So then from a distribution perspective, I'm assuming Brooklyn doesn't own its own distributorship. You guys have distributors. 21st No, we were. You were. Yeah, we were. Once once upon a time, we were in the distribution business here in New York and in Massachusetts. But no, none of us own distributors. So we are, you know, three brands working together as essentially one supplier and working through as much as possible one set of, uh, you know, re- uh, well, uh, you now know, one set of wholesalers and then uh, every retailer possible, obviously. We certainly don't want to limit our retailers. That makes sense. So the smaller guys, you, you have your Funkworks and, and, and 2NA, not, you know, not too small there. They get access to uh, a larger brewery with Brooklyn. But then the three of you act as a sort of a single portfolio to, to get the most uh, distribution as that. Uh, yep. okay. And our reps, you know, so so essentially, you know, like, you know, we they had some people on the East Coast, but you know, we had more mm-hmm. on the East Coast naturally, and <laughs> they have a lot more people than us on the West Coast. So everyone just becomes, you know, they all sell for all three brands, and and you know, it's it's one identity. And don't ask us what that identity is because we're not uh, coming up with a cute name. We're not creative <laughs> enough uh, for for right now. The business cards will have all three logos on it, and I don't think it's you know we're you know. Everyone's working for one team. That's yeah. the mentality. So I love that. Who has time for that bullshit? Just keep the three <laughs> logos on there. And I am curious, has Sean O'Sullivan sent you your watermelon wheat outfit that he requires <laughs> He requires there, to be worn? There are a lot of threats, vague threats and, and slash promises about watermelon outfits, but I, I've, I've been spared this summer's um, <laughs> okay. you know, season. So uh, I, Good. Know, we'll see what awaits in 2018. Well, but, I wish uh, you luck in that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, if Nico has anything to say about it, you're going to get a watermelon yeah. tattoo on your forehead. It's funny, it too. Cause so far, I don't seem to be the target of the watermelon joke, and I'm happy to whoever is being targeted. I just pile on and then just kind of stay out of the way, you know what I'm saying? So, right. so far, that strategy's worked. So maybe, maybe he'll hear this, and I'll be screwed. Yeah. We'll talk to Sean. Don't worry we'll about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, also, what I like about this, just knowing all of you players here, just getting oh, to know you now, please. Robin. But uh, picturing the four of you in a room, I'm feeling really bad for Gordon at Funkworks right now because he's so <laughs> unassuming and quiet and calm oh, and man. just makes this wonderful <laughs> beer and just and then you've got Sully and Nico Garrett for God's sake, yeah, uh, like, boisterous around him. Yes, yeah, Sully and Nico <laughs> are very personality, and Garrett will is very verbose <laughs> in an elegant way, and I think those two. 
play off each other, and I don't know Gordon very well, but I imagine it's just like, I don't know what the fuck to say. Right I, think, <laughs> I think Gordon's just, George's just classy, like, uh, I don't know, we're drinking a great beer right now, and <laughs> while everyone else is dancing. Okay. Gordon, Gordon's the smartest guy in the room. Exactly. So to do all the talking. See, Robin, so, you yeah, can say yeah. that. <laughs> You're right. He doesn't have to do all the talking. He's just there as the smartest guy in the room. Right. That's funny. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Robin Ottaway, the president of Brooklyn uh, Brewing Company. And, uh, Robin, thanks so much for hanging out with us today and talking to us about this. Hey, thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. You guys have a a fun show here. Enjoy the rest of it. Cool. Thanks, man. Thank you, Robin. Take care. See you in Japan. Take care. Cheers. There you go. Robin Ottaway, president of Brooklyn. Uh, Rye, thanks for uh, getting Robin on with us, too. A little bit of insight there yeah. into into what's happening, and we've got more to talk about with you. Plus, a collaboration beer that you brought us to try. Oh, so we get to do that. That's right. fun. Who's the club? It's uh, Coedo and Fieldwork. Oh, cool! And we had Coedo on with you last time, right? So, yeah. okay. All right. Before we go, uh, White Labs. If you haven't heard about it. Two strains that White Labs added to the vault for homebrewers, uh, their collection of specialty one-of-a-kind strains. They put in WLP-066 London Fog Ale Yeast and WLP-073 Artisanal Country Ale, uh, now available for pre-orders by visiting whitelabs.com slash the vault. Uh, once each strain reaches 150 orders, White Labs will release the yeast and ship it directly to your doorstep. And there's good news for, for pro brewers. Uh, if you want to access any vault strains for your next brew day, just place a minimum order of one and a half liters through yeastman.com or by contacting a customer service rep. Uh, WLP 066 uh, London Fog Ale is a good haze craze yeast. Oh. And then the 073 Artisanal Country Ale is perfect for your next beer to guard or other farmhouse style. So go check them out, whitelabs.com slash the vault. Beer to guards, baby. Drink them. You like Make them? Make them. Make more of them. Yeah. We don't get. We don't see enough of them. Beer to guards. Huh. Forget IPAs. Let's like, go. Let's go. I feel like we see exactly enough beer to guards. Right. I think it's properly represented. <laughs> <laughs> Would you yeah. rather see five beer to guards or a thousand hazy IPAs? Mark? Well, there is some in between. Mm, exactly. From, yeah. <laughs> from the beer to guard or the popular yeah. IPA. Maybe. Yeah, I, I don't think I'd be ordering <clears throat> either of them. Guys, I'm trying yeah. to be relevant within the ad spot. Okay. Oh, I, yeah, I'd like to, thank you. I'd like to be relevant within the ad spot. I was out with Chris <laughs> White till 4 a.m. in the morning in Of Shanghai. course you were. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. And... What I like about him is, is he's brilliant. He's a scientist, and he's also a dude. He hangs out till four he's in the morning drinking dude. with you. you know, Every it's time, just like, I had to, st- to stop traveling with the guy because I fucking I can't keep up with him. Dude, nobody uh, can keep up with you. That's amazing. Watermark. I'm, I don't know if I'm drifting down and or he's just way up well, there, man. What was amazing, then I saw him the next day in Japan, and we went out to karaoke till 3 a.m. in the morning. Oh, yeah. And then the next day he's at a festival, and he's pounding this 10% uh, coital fieldwork beer that we're about to drink, which okay. uses white lab yeast. Nice. So, perfect. There you go. Yeah, I, when I went out with him in Hong Kong, we went back to the hotel at like 1 a.m., Unbeknownst to me, turns out we were just dropping the chicks off and going back out. <laughs> I got back when the sun came up. It's ridiculous. That sounds great. With that guy. I think what he's doing is, in he, he, look, he, they already have the yeast done, right? They have a, a bank of, let's just say, let's assume billions of yeast. Billions. Right? Different kinds, right? Mm-hmm. So there's no, there's no more research. There's no more anything he should do. He's working on anti-aging things. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. He's the liver it's of a fifteen-year-old. Uh, yeah, you know what I mean. That that's what it is. And he's he's, a, like he's a, his own experiment. Yeah, it's yeah. like a Benjamin Button's eugenics thing. I don't know I what it is, right. but he's doing it. Right I, with his DNA mapping of yeast, he's combining yes. D- yeast DNA into his own DNA, because, so he can process the alcohol. Jimmy, yes. this is the smartest oh. thing you've ever said. Yeah. Thank you. You're on to yeah. something. Here. I, I'm yeah. on because something. It's otherwise physically impossible and agically <laughs> impossible. Yes, yeah. and, I mean like, and, and then you get. Whatever. You get Mike and Chris together, and it's just like I don't know what the. F- it's just the perfect storm of fuckery. Oh yeah, and, uh, and, you know, yeah. But, and, and that was ten years ago, like in Vegas for NHC. Right. Like, there's no. How is it going? They're, they're both, yeah, Chris is traveling farther and drinking more. It's it, it's impossible. The rubber yeah. band's going to snap, but he's <laughs> figuring he's, he's, he's figuring, figuring it out. out. Yeah. He might and, only be thirty percent human at this point. <laughs> we, ne- we may never know. <laughs> yeah. And Rye's description is also so valid because. 8 a.m. the next day, he's oh, a yeah. consummate professional. If he's got a speech to give, which is usually why he's traveling, or yeah. or a meeting, or some secret research happening in Hong Kong, <laughs> uh, Japan, um, yeah. he's, yeah, it doesn't matter. He's also very good at karaoke. His, <laughs> really? Oh. Talking, you know, I wow. have karaoke'd with him before. Also, you've been out partying with him, you kind of get hurt the night before. Yeah. He, he's poking you in the morning going, chicken and waffles. Chicken yeah, and waffles. he's a chicken and waffles guy. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's like, come on. No, come on. Yeah. Chicken and waffles. Now. It's true. All right. All right. Check out White Labs. Also um, doing business in, in Asia. Um, I believe they have a, a place in, in Hong Kong, and I'm not Japan. sure what's going on. Yeah. They do have one they in Japan. Good, they're great. presence in Japan. Excellent. And All they're right. also helping the homebrewers out in Japan as well. Yeah, and, and Hong Kong, too, is my understanding. That's still a big part of White Labs' deal is to help out the homebrewers, so... All right. Well, we're going to take a, a quick break. We'll come back. We'll try some collab beer. We'll talk a little bit more uh, with Rye. And then uh, I got a little beer news for us later. Some of it relevant, some of it not. And um, of course. lots to do. Hang in there. It's the session. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit fivestarchemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019 and get the Five Star Treatment today. 
Are you looking for a simple brewing system that's great for all grain brewing, but everything on the market seems to be full of compromises? Blickman Engineering has the answer. The Blickman Brew Easy All Grain Brewing System. The Brew Easy is a complete system with easy upgrades and a beautiful compact design, perfect for any size brewing location. At its core, the Brew Easy is built on two gorgeous Blickman Boilermaker brew kettles, a high temperature March pump, and either a top tier gas burner or the new boil coil electric heater. The Brew Easy adapter lid allows the pots to stack on top of each other, forming an efficient, strong, and compact brewing setup that comes in 5, 10, and 20-gallon batch sizes. Upgrade your Brew Easy system with full automated control by adding a Blickman Tower of Power temp controller and make moving around easy with the Blickman Kettle Cart. The Brew Easy is modular. If you already own a Boilermaker kettle, you can build your Brew Easy by purchasing just the modules you need. The new Brew Easy all-grain brewing system. See it today at BlickmanEngineering.com and brew with Blickman quality on your new Brew Easy. If you work in retail sales, the restaurant industry, or are a new craft beer enthusiast, or you know someone who is, you have got to check out Beer 101. Beer 101 is an online course created for anyone wanting a quick introduction to the vast world of craft beer. Beer 101 covers the history of beer, brewing ingredients and processes, vital stats like ABV, SRM, IBU and gravity, styles, tasting, glassware, and pairing beer with food. The Beer 101 course is offered by the Brewers Association at craftbeer.com, also home to the truly awesome Beer Style Finder, a visual guide to every beer style. Quickly play with color, bitterness, and alcohol content to interactively explore the entire world of beer styles with a gorgeously designed interface to your favorite beverage. The new Beer 101 course and new Beer Style Finder are only available at craftbeer.com. Craftbeer.com, celebrating the best of American beer. Hey guys, what'll it be? I'm not sure. What do you recommend? A lot of people seem to like the Hefeweizen. Is that a German Hefeweizen or more of an American-style wheat beer? I'm not sure, but I can give you a taste. Okay, great. Great. The Cicerone Certification Program certifies and educates beer professionals in order to elevate the beer experience for consumers. Unfortunately, not every bar is staffed with certified beer servers who can guide their customers through a beer list. Here you go, guys. Let me know what you think of the Hefeweizen. Oh, yeah. That's definitely more of an American meat. But I can hardly tell because this beer just smells like sour butter. I wonder how long it's been since they cleaned the draft line. Yeah, and look at the bubbles on the side of the glass. It's filthy. Somebody should tell these guys about the Cicerone program. For sure. How about we head somewhere else for another beer? Your server should give beer the same respect you do. Request quality. The Cicerone Certification Program offers four levels of beer certification, in-person classes, and course books for beer professionals. Check them out at Cicerone.org. The Cicerone Certification Program. We know beer. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Check out their brand new patent-pending mash and boil 110-volt electric mashing and boiling unit. This compact all-stainless unit lets you mash, sparge, and boil just about anywhere that has a 110-volt plug. Double-wall construction adds to efficiency and safety, and a precise thermostat keeps temperatures where you want them. Unlike insulated buckets and converted coolers, multiple temperatures 
Archer Rest mashing is easy to do, all for under 300 bucks. They also feature the Mark II Work Pump, a magnetic drive high-temperature pump that does the work of pumps that cost twice as much, as well as exclusive Brewer's Edge regulators and quality Keg King kegs and disconnects. Check them out today at williamsbrewing.com to bruise their vast selection. Hi, this is Wayne Wombles from Cigar City Brewing, and you're listening to the session on the Brewing Network. When I was young, they told me. That's right. Thanks for sticking with us. We're back. We've got a little more to do. Hey, if you haven't been over to craftbeer.com recently, you should go. They've got everything you need uh, to learn about craft beer in the U.S. And uh, if you're looking for uh, pairing suggestions, they've also got a recipes and pairing section uh, over there. If you're if you're looking for uh, to cook with craft beer, you got to check out the recipes on craftbeer.com. Craftbeer.com, published by the Brewers Association, uh, offers the most comprehensive collection of craft beer-based recipes on the web. It's something to behold. Uh, search and sort recipes by course and beer style to find the perfect menu item. Breakfast stout, French toast stuff. With bourbon cream cheese frosting, for example. Uh, Go to uh, craftbeer.com and search their craft beer cooking recipes and pairing ideas. And thanks to the Brewers Association and craftbeer.com for their support of the Brewing Network. And the industry, for that matter. I mean, if there's anybody who's done almost as much as us for the industry... Uh, it's it's probably the it's probably the the Brewers Association. Sure, those guys coming close. They're doing well. They're they're doing all right. Well, that's a great idea. You could grab grab like five home brewing buddies and do your own like beer like dinner, right? Yes. One guy could do the you know the pre pre thing and the you know absolutely dessert. Yeah, Thanksgiving I, is coming up. I was gonna say it's yeah. the food mm-hmm. holiday. I think yeah, it might maybe. be a little gay to, to cook with your with your guy friends. That's okay. You know what I mean? I think you should at least oh. have four, like three other women. Hey, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe maybe somebody just else. Just be really manly about it. Maybe you got to find a cook to go. You're the brewer, then you find wife or friend or, or you know, some guys wow. only have guy friends. Friend. That was very sexist, Tasty. <laughs> or a wife and a friend. <laughs> Well, whatever, your buddy could be a buddy. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want <laughs> or, to pigeonhole anybody, but yeah. you could have a wife and a friend. Yeah, or a friend. Or a friend. We're very inclusive here. <laughs> or just worry less about your sexuality and cook yeah, beer be open, and food. Uh, just make beer, dude. Make beer, make food. Get a, and then, you know, get a, get a friend or two. <clears throat> All right, we still have Rye with us, publisher of Japan Beer Times, and uh, brought us a beer to share. Indeed. Uh, this is a collaboration between Fieldwork and Koedo. Koedo yes. Yeah. Did, uh, where was the beer produced? It was in Japan. Oh, uh, yeah. Koedo's cool. uh, new brewery. In fact, you know, they, were, they <clears throat> recently opened up a, a much larger brewery. And this was the first collaboration beer there. Nice. So, so they flew the guy, or the guys from Alex, Fieldwork flew yeah, out. Alex, Alex Sweet. Okay. And, and actually, if, you know, Koedo, uh, just some background information, one of the, the best and largest craft breweries in Japan. Okay. Um, yeah. They've been around for about 20 years, and they are distributed in, a, in America, uh, primarily German-style, lager styles, but they also dabble in other things, and they dabble very well. And they've done collaborations over the years with Ballast Point and Coronado, nice. and they were thinking about another brewery of that scale, and I lobbied very hard mm-hmm. for a local northern california brewery nice uh field work because you know i know barry and and alex and my office is actually in the same building (laughs) i said guys you gotta you gotta consider field work you gotta get 
you got to try these guys. I mean, they're yeah. one of the best breweries in, in Northern California. And so when uh, the president of Coito came over, we took him to field work and he tried it and met Alex. And it just it seemed like a good fit. Nice. You know, let's do something funky. What was the brewer's name that we spoke to from Coito? Uh, it was actually program. the president. It was the president. Um, Haru. Okay. Was, yeah. Haru is, is the way people know him by. I really enjoyed that interview. It, he was a lot of fun to He's talk to. He's a good to, guy. Really so. interesting guy. So. He saw the light. He went to field work. He drank the beers. He saw the light. He's like, okay. <laughs> and so Alex Sweet and I actually went to Japan together back in the spring. Um, went to, to field work and, and did that collaboration beer. And it is a uh, uh, a 10% double IPA brewed with um, Okinawan pink sugar, brown rice, and aged with uh, Japanese baseball bats. <laughs> that was Alex's idea. It's, it's actually really? shaved down hinoki wood, but it's wood, actually yeah. you know the same thing from that's made. And that was his idea. That you know Alex said, "I, I want to do something like baseball themed." Yeah, of course, you want to hit a home I'll, run. I'll cut. I'll cut the the bats down in the brewery, and we're thinking, well, let's just get you the you know the the hinoki wood, you okay. know, the blocks that they use to make the. The, the baseball bats. Yeah, so, so you can throw in the, the chipper. So you don't have to have the tar and shit from the bats. <laughs> no, no, no. And, and, and they the shame. And, yeah. and <laughs> what's interesting, when it first came out, it was um, it was surprising. It was a, a burst of tannin flavor in your mouth from the Hinoki you know, <laughs> uh, And it's a double IPA, you know, so IPAs you want to drink as quickly as possible. And if you look at this, it's a spring brew. So, <laughs> you know, it's aged. We kept it cold. And after time, we discovered it. It tastes better because you have you know that the hop was still fresh, but that that tannin flavor yeah. sort of mellowed mm-hmm. out into a nice balance. And now we're drinking it about you know six seven months old, but it's been kept cold. And I it, I'm curious to, to see what it, it tastes like tonight. Well, of all the thing, all the ingredients that you mentioned, mm-hmm. I think the one I don't know because I'm not familiar with the wood, but it, I'm thinking <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a. <laughs> I'm thinking the wood is really coming through after this age. Um, it, 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 yeah, there you go. It's definitely piney. Um, but it, so it was, to, just to me, it's familiar to, to like a barrel-aged beer is what mm-hmm. I'm picking up. It was Chinook, Tahoma, and Simcoe. Okay. Got it. I like the beer, and I'm, I, think I'm, I just think I'm really picking up some of that wood flavor. It's almost it's, oaky. It's got a yeah. spicy mm-hmm. character or a wood uh, yeah. character. But it's yeah. kind of slick, kind of mm-hmm. nice mouthfeel. What what is pink sugar? Yeah. So uh, it's uh, there's an island. Self explanatory. I mean, oh, I mean, <laughs> the, the Japanese are very simple people. We what just name asshole. things what Okinawa they are. Sugar. Um, yeah. Yeah. If it had been blue, it, it you know what they would call it. It was used yeah. to bump up the alcohol um, without. Um, but does it add anything else other than than uh, than dextrose? Right? Because, yeah. Because it, does it have a flavor? Why is, why is I mean, it, you, you guys? Why is it told pink? Me, I don't, I've never uh, actually brewed with it. I think this was. Is the color of the tears? <laughs> the tears of a brewer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, honestly, I don't know. Okay. Um, I just never heard. Well, of it. They wanted is... to use a native agreed ingredient, and uh-huh. this is what they chose. How strong is this beer? What is the ten percent? Uh, Look it up. Well, right now. Some sugar obviously was involved in making. Mm-hmm. So they, you know, they bumped up yeah. the alcohol without having to use the malt. So yeah. it's it's a very cleverly disguised ten percent. Yeah. yeah. Well, where, where were the spicing? It doesn't uh, taste like it. Adjuncts. What was the spicing in the beer? There was uh, so Some, the. the Pink. The brown rice, yeah, the Okinawan rice. pink sugar, and the hinoki wood, and then any sort of spicy character had to have come from either the wood. The wood. know what it tastes like. When I don't it was know. Wood forward. It, when it was wood forward, it was it was 
tannish. It's yeah, more tannin, tannin than, yeah. flavor, really than flavor. Yeah, and it, it's it's really nice now. Actually, did it get sold at Fieldwork here as well, or just? In I mean, the it was pep? sold here in the Bay Area, yeah. and you know, there's still some, some under the Coedo brand. Yeah. Do you remember how many yeah. bats per barrel? Uh, would, I'm sorry, there, how many oh. bats per barrel in the recipe? Do you remember that? I do not know. I'm being kind of facetious here, but it'd be nice to know. You could use one less bat, and that would be awesome to put on the label too. Like you seventeen bats per barrel, thirty-four inches. Oh yeah. Oh, this year we're using the less bat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dry batted. Yeah, yeah. 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 we're gonna we're, we're gonna see how it goes. We're gonna keep the, the bats down to the maximum home runs of the best hitter in Japan yeah. next time. Yeah. And, it, uh, and it was a very good collaboration. I mean, you, you, a lot of collaborations are made for for cynical marketing reasons. And I know Alex <laughs> has a very romantic connection with Japan, and not romantic in the you know the, the sexual. Maybe he does, but right, you, you know, know, he has a background. <laughs> in there the, are a lot yeah. of cafes over there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, you know, I think he had a, a deep appreciation for Japan, and he really enjoyed the trip. And okay. while there, I, I took him around to lots of lots of places, lots of bars. We went to, in, in my mind, the essential craft sake brewery in okay. Kyoto, and it was amazing. I mean, this is what's a that guy, called? Um, it's called uh, Fujioka Brewery. Okay. Um, the the brand name escapes me right now. It's a uh, Soku. Okay, uh, but it is actually the 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 sake is available in America, but it's quintessential craft sake. I mean, they do everything by hand, meticulously. And the guy's, you know, he's, he's a difficult guy, as, as many craft brewers of, of whatever alcohol they make are. Yeah. And I couldn't believe it. You know, I, I've always had difficulty there. I said, you know, Alex, if he tells us to fuck off, just it's, it's not because we're not important. <laughs> no, when we go in there, yeah. hey, and, and for whatever reason, he and Alex connected. Okay. Uh, maybe because they're both, you know, curmudgeons in their own way. They, they yeah. felt a spiritual connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the guy, like, actually let, like, Alex, like, mix the mash. Okay. And I, like, it was unprecedented. I've never. Oh, like, really? Like, He's know, usually like, very uh-huh. strict about so, his brewery. Yeah, it was just kind of surprising. I mean, okay. he clearly connected with Alex, and, yeah. and that was the pretty much the whole experience. Like wherever Alex went, people like connected with the sure. guy. You know, so, and we were in Kyoto, nice. and some woman comes up to him, and just like hugs him. And just, <laughs> like, what is going on here? Wow, he is um, very well, he, huggable. He has a unique that. look mm-hmm. here, and he must have a really unique look here. Yeah, so. <laughs> And he was, he was a big hit in Japan. Is the Great. Story. Yeah. I want to beer was as well. Um, it was right <laughs> after Beer Week in San Francisco, so that you know they had some uh, a lot of breweries oh. brew in excess, so they had some extra fieldwork beer, and mm. they exported it to Japan. Oh. He was able to pour his own beer. There. He was actually oh. able to pour his own beer, and we oh, went to nice. several parties um, oh. where fieldwork was served. It was funny though because it was it was stuff like. Fieldworks Vikings Lament. It's like this thirteen percent bourbon barrel, <laughs> you know stuff. Yeah, and these you know these Japanese people. You know, we're like, like ninety pounds a piece, and right? People are like yeah. falling off their chairs. You know, men, <laughs> men were weeping, and well, luckily, the, luckily like that was said, Vikings the, Lament in Japan. The bars know? are small; you can't fall that right. far. It um, hit a wall. But it, it, it was, it was a beautiful thing to see <laughs> I would love these high powered beers in Japan. Oh, yeah. You got to bring me on one of these trips. Not not for me, with a brewer like this, so I can just be the fly on the wall and watch this yeah, stuff really, happen. And, and throw Chris White in the mix. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> uh, I like this beer a lot. Um, I It's just one of those beers I wouldn't have guessed double IPA, and I think some of that has to do with the spice that, um, yeah. that Tacey's talking about, yeah. and the wood character, which there are still tannins, uh, you know, quite a bit, which I'm enjoying. Um, but it doesn't taste like an alcohol bomb by any means. Yeah, I just wouldn't no. have guessed that style. Nah. I don't know what style I would have guessed, but I wouldn't have called it a double it, IPA. You know, I, I think I would, because the, the, the hop 
firmness is there. It's it's really really hop forward. Mm-hmm. It's it's almost um, more of a um, I don't want to say aggressive, but f- bitter forward. Yeah, beer than than we've had on the shows previously. I think. Uh, okay. And I don't know how out of school I'm talking about, but like American style, I think double IPAs aren't this like that's a wall of hops right there. But I like it. Yeah. Because of that spice character and because of all the other nuances of the ingredients kind of come through after that, they kind of blend well with the hops that they chose. Yep. And it's not really malt-driven so much as yeah. ingredient-driven sure. for the for the background flavors uh, playing with the hops. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. I yeah. see what you're saying. Pine tree right up front. And yeah. And not an alcohol bomb. I, it's not warming. It doesn't like, oh, damn, like. It's like blowing a pine tree. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's happy. I just did the, that the yesterday. Hops, the hops so we I know got, what you're talking. Someone gets to slip over them. Open there. The the Chinook was just amazing. Okay. From yeah, definitely. Crosby up in in Oregon, and then oh, yeah. I think the Tahoma came from a, a really small a hop farm in in Yakima area. That did field work seen. set that up, or does Coedo have access to this great hops? I actually helped hops. them yeah. get the the Crosby hops to oh. Japan, oh, and oh, Alex nice. introduced me to somebody up in in Yakima. Okay. That, Provided the Tahoma and um, Coedo had their own Simcoe, but the hops came in just great shape. Yeah. Um, and, and what else I thought worked out really well is, you know, Alex is a, for lack of a better term, an experimental brewer guy that you know pushes the envelope. Mm-hmm. People are probably familiar with his 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 background at yeah. Palace Point and whatnot. And 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 Coedo is very is very scientific driven. Okay. And so you, you put these two together, and it kind of worked out really well yeah you know, Alex came with the crazy ideas Coedo said well yeah this is how we can fit that into yeah a hmm. really nice nicely structured beer which is really great too because you, you can't have too much crazy or too much science to be honest mm-hmm. to end up with a great collaboration so yeah uh, it's a good balance there's never enough science ah beer <laughs> you're such a bore yeah you're welcome <laughs> oh hail now I'm curious, uh, and, and maybe I asked you the last show, and, mm-hmm. but I often don't listen to the answers, so I'm going to ask you again, even if I did. Um, what are the one or two uh, brewer- breweries uh, and food items that you must take people who who go there? Like, so if I only go to Japan for a day and I'm going with you, you've got to choose two beers or breweries to take me to try mm-hmm. and two Japanese cuisine items for me to try. Uh, and it could be a restaurant if you want to name it too, but I, I'm more curious about the item. Where, where do you take me? Cause you In take the whole a lot of country. Well, uh, Tokyo. <laughs> Tokyo. And he goes all the time. I'm yeah, saying yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so quite, not in the whole country. So I'm sorry. Quite, in Tokyo. Quite, quite honestly, okay. when I take people to drink the beer, I say, I mean, you can get great beer anywhere. You got to drink the sake when you're in Japan. You do. I mean, I'm sorry. Mm. To, okay. That's know, okay. Yeah. And, and, there was a time when one third of all Japanese craft breweries also brewed sake. Okay. I mean, sake, hmm. when, when 20 years ago, when the laws changed to allow for brewing, uh, a lot of sake breweries applied for that law. And naturally, they made great beer because they understood sanitation. And some of them have been around for generations. Wow. I mean, Konishi uh, was founded in 1550. Wow. They won a gold medal at the last 
uh, World Beer Cup. For yeah. Doing a sake beer hybrid. Um, yeah, they took a video clip that we produced of the awards. Um, nice. they, they contacted the Brewers Association and said, we really want this video that you got. You know, it was our video. I remember sending it to them. So I, I take people to drink sake because you've, you've got to drink sake when you're in Japan. Okay. I mean, it's, it's just incredible. Okay, now I want to go. Yeah, and, yeah, you've had sake in America. Yeah. I mean, everyone has sake, yeah. but when yeah. you go there, right, you so just... So I hold my nose that I drink a sake. Now where are we going for beer? <laughs> okay, so beer. Um... Well, because you know, because the BN Jet is only parked for so long. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it really, it's a rental, right? <laughs> and not everybody makes it there's, back on. There's, I mean, there's there's extraordinary breweries in Japan. There's world class breweries, and you know, two. That's really difficult. I, I tell people like keep it around five. Well, see, and, and that's why I'm. I, I hear that. So mm-hmm. you can give your two with a caveat. Okay. Say, like, I would also send you these two. three others. Um, but, you know, because they don't have to be your favorites, and I know you probably have friends, too. But but you know how it goes. Sometimes people go in for a day, too, and we got things to do. Where are you going to send right. me and my yeah. listeners? We're on a short time here. Shuga Kogan beer is pretty incredible. I mean, if you're an American drinker who's used to hop forward beers, you're going to drink this beer, and you're going to think, Holy shit. Okay. I had no idea Japan could make something oh, of this good. level. All right. Sounds and like Tasty's uh, Alley yeah, right there. They're, 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 they're I really mean, that's kind of like when I was there, limiting my horizon a little bit. But yeah. Okay. And I, I, you know, I, I, I was there with, with Brewers uh, last month, and I just and I asked everyone, what's their, like, honestly, let's all, like, yeah. cut through the bullshit and, and just say who, who's good. And everybody said Shiga Kogan Great. in terms of this hot forward. You know, American hmm. style beer is pretty incredible. Okay, and um, is that a brew pub? You, it's a brewery. It's, it's a brewery, brewery. and there's a tasting room, and, and you can see their beers out in other in other you, outlets. Or, yeah, or, oh yeah, or, you can get it okay. fairly readily in you know, you know, Tokyo, Yokohama, Osaka. You can go up to their brewery. You can go to their tasting room, and the sake is free. They also make sake, and it's free. Hey, not, free. Oh, not good for me. Yeah. Oh, so, okay. so here you go. You, yeah, go, you get the go. sake for when are, free. You get yeah, the beer. Are we going? You go, and they're near a ski resort, so you can go skiing. Wow. You can see the snow monkeys get into the hot spring resorts, and then you can go to what? the hot spring resort on your own. Snow wow. monkeys? Snow monkeys, bro. That's mind blowing. Don't host, you watch David Amber? They host in March uh, a beer festival called Snow Monkey Beer Live, where they bring the best, the best music acts. Wow. And they, these are like cool music apps, like hip hop and you know slide guitar. And, we got to try to march. Huh? Go there, bro. Yeah. March I good. would do that. We have a beer um, fest of our own in March, so that I, might oh, be not me. Well, how, I thought it's April uh, sometimes. No, uh, it's the it's March thirty first oh. this year. So it's okay. we, I guess there are lots of other there are thirty apparently other days. Other days. Uh, we'll we'll uh, be back here to figure yeah. it out. It's fine. <laughs> JP's right going to be a dad by this. <laughs> So, I mean, that's definitely oh, one. Can't miss that. <laughs> okay. All right, so or is this, does, Can you does Japan have any, like, their own beers, own styles that people, we should try to get the, a true Japanese So now something? you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna shift me well, away from my other answer. Well, okay. yeah, sorry. Oh, um, right, yeah, number two. Well, go ahead and give your other answer, and we'll talk about That'll be a friend. So, well, and then the other answer. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's breweries that, you know, let, let's, let's make five choices. But the other one is just... It's just kind of a weird thing. Maybe because we're on the radio and I want to share it. Yeah. Um, there's a, right. a brewery called Fuji Sakura. It's at the foot of Mount Fuji. Huh, nice. They make German style beers. Oh, if you drank sounds it, great. If, if you if we blindfolded all you guys and you and we served it and you drank it, you would never believe it's from Japan. You would swear it's from Germany. And, and you're they, sitting at the foot of Mount Fuji. And 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 they they. 
they just crush it. It doesn't matter what beer style it is. They make these incredible German style beers. And they, I, I remember being at, <laughs> at, at, at World Beer Cup and when the, it was announced that they had won whatever German category, they had won two gold medals. And I, you know, we can say all we want about beer competitions, but I remember the German table going, what? Because <laughs> they were right beside us, and they couldn't believe it. Yeah, but they have total respect for for this this brewery. And the right. guy is like a he's like a total he's like a half gangster. You know, he's funny. He's like yes. he is. I mean, he's like you, you see him, and you would. We know would a never, lot of craft right. brewers that are weird. So. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's right. That's the thing. We know a craft brewers that Every, making good beer is not that hard. There's not a person in Japan like a, a, a brewery that doesn't respect. This guy's German style beers. I mean, okay, it's just so incredible. Wow! And I, I just want to bring that. It's kind of anomaly. So you ask me, like, where did it? Yeah. It's like, well, this is just the world of craft beer that you can have this, this, this guy in, in Japan who you, you look at him, you would never, never guess he was a brilliant brewer. Okay, and you drink his beers. And he blows away most German brewers, and, and most German brewers will not admit it until they drink his stuff. Okay. And they're like, well, okay. They're well. like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fine. Right. I wish we had that in America, to be honest. <laughs> what the proof? No, the the, the German, uh, uh, like, yeah, a, a German yeah. brewery ah. in America that most every craft brewer drinks and respects. I see. Yeah, because it just it's not. We I think we have too much country for that stuff to kind of get around. But, yeah, uh, yeah. We need more of that. Yeah. Okay. But, you know, I would like you know to answer the other three. And the food. Um, oh. We will get to the food, but yeah, the other three. Sorry, um, just relax. So sorry. The food's important. You know, we've already gone over eh. Coedo. I mean, they do amazing lager styles. And in this day and age, where, where everyone's hop forward, it's amazing to drink you know good good lager styles. You've got Baird Beer. It's an American who's been in Japan for you know over twenty years. He's nativized. Wow. What I like about him is that you know he back before anyone was doing. Um, these kind of like one-offs. He was doing them all the time, every week, and he's still doing them. And great respect for this brewery that does just constantly yeah. new beers when everyone's just focusing on their core beers. And in America, you take it for granted that that breweries are always putting forth these one-offs. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just a given here. We and have to. Using, have that. You know, they're yeah. using they're using native. Uh, fruits and, and vegetables and, and, and things in their mm-hmm. beers in, in, in amazing ways and, and people don't give them credit because it's like oh he's an American brewer in Japan but yeah. he's still Japanese I mean he's got you know he's had four children in Japan he was, he's nativized okay um, and I really like Mino beer Mino okay. in Osaka Mino great story the, the president was in the um, alcohol in, uh, distribution business and he had three daughters and his oldest daughter, he was driving one day after the laws change, and, and he said, uh, Kaori, that's her name. He's like, you see that, that that building over there? There's a brewery. I bought it, and you're going to be brewing tomorrow. She's like, yeah, that's very funny. <laughs> and she was. She was brewing there. Wow. <laughs> like, you know, that and she turned into one of the best brewers really? in, in, in Japan. Wow. And this is like, you know, a male-dominated society. And here, here's this, like, you know, this young female brewer that's doing amazing styles and again preface this you know competitions aren't everything but she wins world beer cup medals she wins mm. awards she makes these amazing beers um and they've got this really funky local style in osaka i mean they've they've hit it on every single front you know great beer successful business they've really good backstory kind to of, her kind of plugged in and her dad died 
um, very suddenly. Oh. I think it was an aneurysm a few years ago. And oh, suddenly no. You're like, you're not only in the brewery, you're running. Your, this, and your dad was yours. Like the kingpin of Osaka now. So here you go. Wow. And everyone was really worried. And she... Stepped she, up. Yeah, she stepped up. Huh? And nice. Nice. Okay. Total respect for that brewery and the quality. That so. sounds great. Okay. That's a good list. Now the food. Thanks yeah. Yeah. Now, some people aren't going to like this. Okay. McDonald's. Yeah, okay. Burger King. <laughs> oh. Move that microphone closer to you. This food's important. So, Not Royale yeah. with cheese. But I like, I mean, be some upset people, but Japan, raw horse. Really? Raw horse. You're kidding. It's a, it's a specialty in many parts of Japan. Okay. Um, and, and in America, especially where, you know, horses, it's like. Yeah. Wow. They're revered. So, but in, in, We're in Japan, little, it's like yeah. the same thing. Like we eat venison here in Japan. Deer are divine. And like, how could you eat deer? I mean, uh, it's changing yeah. a little sure. bit in Japan. So we're talking about what, the little black ones, right? Because they're, they're better. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. But raw horse, I mean, I it wasn't. It, I, are, are the horses bred for this, or is it like old horses that are? No, to, I think they're bred. Yeah. Um, oh, the sticky ones. What, and there's it, different. You know, it's, it's very pungent, but it's, like it's really so, like yeah. is it gamey? Pungent? It's gamey. Definitely it is. gamey. Yeah, yeah. but is it's it, raw. It's raw. It's just little thin slices they yes. give you or something. Yes. And, and there's well done horse. raw horse, and then there's like raw horse, and so it's, it's aged. Some of it. So in in Fukuoka, where I live, there was a, a this guy. He lived in San Diego for a while. So his specialty was raw horse products and West Coast IPAs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was so awesome. Talk about and a cowboy. And, yeah. and this guy would have uh, raw horse liver tacos. Wow. With like oh Coronado my. idiot oh IPA. My God. And it was just the wildest experience. Okay. Uh, and, and like honestly, <laughs> raw horse liver is disgusting. It's okay. crunchy and pungent and disgusting. Uh, but like, you know, crunch, decent raw liver. liver. Liver's liver. I don't yep. care what animal yeah, came out of. So it starts out bad. The same. But, yeah, but, it starts out but bad. Raw horse, you know, it's. Yeah. Okay. And then the other one is. It's a filter um, for crap. Uh, yeah. The uh, oh, my deep judge. fried fish sperm is pretty good. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. I can imagine these little mackerel jerking off into a fried bin. Like, here you we go. Up and, yeah. and, and uh, the, the you guys got to try it. It's so, so good. You how can get is it, it even large enough or to you, be a thing? It looks right. do you like a squiggly the, pile. Spread you know? the little swimmers. <laughs> I don't know how it works, but deep it tastes fried. really good. Really? You can get some of that. What does it taste like? Salty, Justin. <laughs> it's <laughs> high in protein. It's umami. Umami like laden. Umami. It's just, umami laden. I, you know, wow. It's a myriad of umami <laughs> flavors. <laughs> yeah. the, 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 fla- the umami flavors are myriad. Okay. Yeah. The umami is yeah. present. I like but salt, you can get it. I, I don't remember what the English word is. Like, like smelt or something strange. Oh, um, oh, like the fish? Yeah. Smelt? How do you ask? Right. I like the good yeah. part of the horse. <laughs> <laughs> what is I'm guessing that was, is that a thing? Yeah, you know, well, you wouldn't have to ask that. You wouldn't have to ask that. Okay, like, yeah, but I still like it. It'd be more of an insult, I would imagine. <laughs> Don't oh, give no, me the no. shit. <laughs> give me the good end. Yeah. Wow. But you know, I, I've interesting question is fish sperm. 
It's vegetarian, <laughs> vegan. <laughs> Uh, I would think it's the most vegan because, like, you're giving pleasure to the fish. You're not, like, hurting the fish. Well, but aren't they (laughs) anti-animal byproducts also? I don't know. That's... Yeah, who knows? But imagine being... If reincarnation... It's not an animal byproduct. It's just an animal product. Technically, it's not an animal. JP has an amazing point. PETA should love it because you're jerking off fish. Imagine if reincarnation was real... I would want to come back as a salmon who gets jerked <laughs> off on the daily yeah. for people Wait, to what eat. Was the, it, what, that, what was the type of fish that uh, this sperm uh, comes from? Actually, I don't know. Horny. Oh, oh. I but, thought, I horny mean, fish. Uh, male yeah. fish. You, right. I mean, you can, <laughs> yes. 100% male. Area. I mean, you can get this fairly readily. At, no. Okay. Uh, Technically, it's not really an animal. Yeah. Just go to any pet smart. Sperm. One of the two. <laughs> I mean, I guess if you're yeah, if Japanese we have caviar, fish. what's the difference, really, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that, caviar and, uh, is actually you know, probably, just, just yeah. to be nice. We we have milk fish sperm milk. There you go. Is the seminal fluid no. of fish, mollusks, and certain other water dwelling animals? Okay, who yeah. reproduce by spraying this fluid? Right. That's what yeah. I was wondering. Do they oh, just they just collect like, the water and dehydrate it? What is some, right? Some friends and in this room. What is the consistency of the inside of this deep fried oh, substance? Shiraku, <laughs> oh, yeah. aka buttery fish semen. Shiraku, buttery. Shiraku. Well, generally, when you introducing a friend to that, you got to tell them about the the texture. <laughs> Yeah, because <laughs> I, I they just—I say you don't tell anybody anything oh, until no, it's over. Yeah, the experience no. is over. You gotta worry about that because they'll spit it right. Now. Yeah, even at the creamy texture, I think I would be oh, spitting it out. Well. It looks nice. I can follow it? you with the raw horse. It looks nice. Jesus Christ! Well, let me see it. Yeah, really I'm, good. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to like. Try. Is that it? Is it like a cheese curd? Why are they so big? <laughs> <laughs> Like how does how does that work? Uh, is that that's it right there? Now the fish hadn't like, released in a while. I how guess. does it fit up the pipe? Uh, it looks like a frosting. It looks like a brain. Oh yeah, it looks like a brain. Uh, that's deep fried already. No, so when you it looks deep like fry, raw it's, or whatever. It's really nice. I see. So that's raw fish sperm, and it has not been. De- yeah, I could. You'd have to deep I fry mean, the shit out of that for me. I'd do it. <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's like after your free sake for Mommy sure. Rich. It would take a lot of free okay. sake. What are you thinking of dipping saucer? Dog? Okay, wow. Oh, oh yeah. Well, I mean, how how first would you describe that? First one's artery. It's a little wormy. It kind of looks or, or like like it, giant wide noodles. Or something? Yeah, it looks like a cross between like white beans. Yeah. And, and so you're worried and about noodles. you're yeah. worried about the texture. It looks like sheep I'm intestines. I'm not worried. I was just curious. It does look like sheep intestines. <laughs> I'm worried about the whole thing, but. Um, I don't know that. Uh, it, I don't even like fish. It, it, it melts in your mouth. It does not. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it does. Not in your ovaries. Oh, yeah. 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 Not in your face. <laughs> you know, it just slides right down your throat. Oh, uh, okay. Well, those are so, good recommendations. So, yeah, so you know, for, 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 a, for a vegan uh, option. Okay. Um, Can I just know these. your like best ramen place in Tokyo? <laughs> yes. For God's sake. Where's that Burger King again? Yeah. 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 We can talk about ramen. I, I would go off on ramen. So I'm ramen. actually, I either eat, I know they're two different uh, cultures, so I'm not that dumb, but I either well, eat ramen or pho like twice a week right now, mm-hmm. I'm in, I, and it's been going on for months. I'm crazy <laughs> about them both. Mm-hmm. I just absolutely love ramen and pho right now. Mm-hmm. So if you want to talk to me a little bit about ramen, I'm down. We can do a whole show, because my wife we can? is Vietnamese, and I know oh. all about both. Uh, I would, Isn't Thursday? Uh, I would love Thursdays <laughs> open, right? <laughs> I, I would I would love to do this. Or at least to talk to you guys about it. It would be great. Yeah. Uh, well, 
so give me some. Do you have any like ramen pointers that yeah. you, you give? But I do feel like we sh- we should go back. I, I we'll get to the ramen, but okay. we should. You know, we talked about fish sperm and, and, and raw horse. Yeah, other you want to do three other foods? Yeah, we should talk about okay. awesome food. Okay, apples. That's in Japan. They have these fermented, like deeply fermented beans in Kyoto. They're they're just pungent and gross okay <laughs> but they're so incredible it's like this burst of flavor you know people talk about like how beer can be gross burst like, of you know, bad like, flavor right but, but like, what is bad flavor you know like beer can be really well. weird when it gets sour and barrel aged and 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 they have like the that that sour and and, and bourbon so barrel aged equivalent of beans in in, in kyoto where <laughs> they they age these beans and and barrels and and weird things and they come out just What's the texture like? I mean, it's mushy. Okay, okay. but it's it's. I mean, it's you're you're, you're eating mold. You're eating molded beans. Just, yeah, and you just eat them plain like that. Yeah, yeah. And, and they're incredible. I've only I've never had them with beer, and I would love to try them with beer. I've only had them with sake. Okay, you know, you get hmm. them in Kyoto. These, I think they're called daitokuji beans. Okay, and they're just these. You don't have like a plate of them. Like you have a couple with I mean, when you're drinking sake. It's like okay. a, a small plate of like these charcuterie things. Rich, like edamame. Okay, big plate of them. and you eat them, and it's just like wow. I would try that. Flavor. I would try that too. A, mm-hmm. So they're sour. Yeah. They're um, molded. They're everything. They're, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. all the things. But they're incredible. And, and especially well, there must be people like them. I'm done for that. You know, sake with it, and sake has this weird way of pulling out umami flavor. Oh. <laughs> uh, I've never tried it with a beer. I would love to try it with a beer. Sometime. Yeah. Okay. Let's get it online. So, okay. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. That's okay. Us, no, but, this one know, I like because I would try that. Pho yeah. and no, ramen. No, when we go for the so, sake, we're going to get the. Yeah. Beans. You, your question about pho and ramen. Is, well, yeah. Where, First of all, is it pho or is it pho? Right. Yeah. I, I don't speak Vietnamese. So okay. Because I, I, I know, like. I always say pho. I well, always think it was pho, and then later on, people are like, well, you know it's pho, because the accent mark on the O pho. means that it's a U, and I'm like, oh, okay, then it's pho, but it's I don't. probably an American who told you. We're all idiots. Mm. That's so, what I'm saying, right? I don't yeah. know which. I always call it pho. I don't know which you have to one. Sound it is. A yeah. I just know I love it. Pho! Um, yeah. Yeah. So, well, I guess, uh, I mean, let's stick, I don't know, we're, we're on the Japan let's theme. Let's go so ramen, dude. Ramen. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess ramen. if there is like a go-to place you have in Tokyo, but maybe more, for my own sake, I, do you have any ramen like pointers, like what you look for in authentic ramen? So here's the weird thing. Like in, in Japan, people don't drink beer with ramen. Like ramen's what you eat after you get drunk. Yeah. You know, you're oh, like, oh, shit, I'm okay. so drunk, I'm going to eat some ramen totally. so I don't throw up on the train back home oh, or whatever so, it is. So it's like Taco Bell. It actually has some nutritional value. So it's right. so weird to come back here to America where everyone's making these like gourmet yeah. ramen. But you know what? It, it's it's fascinating to go out and, and eat these ramen bowls at these like Place. You pay twenty bucks for a ramen bowl <laughs> yeah. in San Francisco, and it's like, well, what the hell was no, that? Right. You know, it's like three dollars yeah. in Japan, but right. um, they're incredible. The stuff that they've done with them, um, the, you know, I'm, yeah. I won't name names now, but there's some incredible places in uh, in San Francisco. There's some incredible places in the East Bay. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's a just it's an, a good an thing. incredible yeah. thing yeah. for these people to be doing these kind of gourmet ramen bowls, and then you pair beer with it. Now, we had Robin on the show earlier, and um, Ipudo, which is a, like a pioneer of this kind of upscale ramen, um, 
20 years ago, they ran just a ramen shop in Fukuoka, and I worked there in, in ah. 1997. And I used to go in this like guy's shop and eat ramen. And I was just like, oh, was, oh, this is great ramen. This guy like got it that ramen could be lifted to another level. Okay. Now he's mm-hmm. probably one of the most famous ramen dudes in the world. Nice. Yeah. And he opened up a ramen joint in uh, New York, and he went to Brooklyn Brewery, and he sat down with Garrett Oliver and said, hey, let's make a beer that pairs well with ramen and yeah it's very difficult and and, and <laughs> garrett talks about this like in an interview we did with him for the japan beer times he just said it's really difficult to pair beer with ramen because it's like fatty and yeah you got all these uh, this cosmos of flavored like mm-hmm. a myriad uh, flavors yeah, that's oh, right <laughs> and um use was that, that, was that way, the right way? way use the proper way <laughs> okay the flavor is a myriad <laughs> there that come we go. through in ramen <laughs> He and actually used it incorrectly because <laughs> oh, you, he found the way. You, well, you straddled the line. You said a myriad flavors, but in that sense, you'd have to say a myriad of flavors, uh, and st- or you would have said there are myriad flavors. So I'm sorry, but Ryan, wow, Ryan, he just used it. Uh, he, just, he just said of very quickly. <laughs> the flavors yeah. with which we pair with our ramen. Okay, there is. <laughs> um, it's very so, difficult. You know, G- Garrett. Worked with uh, these guys for a while to come up with a, a ramen beer, and, and apparently they did, and it works. And nice. And Garrett's actually privately talked to me about how difficult that was. One of his biggest challenges: how do you? Make he knows a, beer a lot about awesome. food and beer pairing. Yeah, he really, does. Right. he really does. It's really difficult to do. And I don't drink uh, beer with my with my ramen. I just I like just, water. Just ramen. Maybe a sprite every now and then. A little sugar. Ibudo just opened up in Berkeley. Downtown Berkeley. Okay. Ipudo, yeah. I want to check this out. What's the name and of it? Ipudo. 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 Okay. Was, I, I scored a, a, a good ramen shop in, in Brentwood, actually, by oh, kind cool. of where I live, too. I'm, we've been there three times now, and it's yeah. delicious. Well, and so Rye brings up this good point that my, my brother and I had talked about this uh, years ago. My brother uh, was a chef, and we were talking about Mexican food. Right, and and that there are these fancy Mexican food places, and as a chef, uh, and knowing about cuisine, it drives him insane. Right, <laughs> that there are gourmet Mexican food places because of the same <laughs> thing that you brought up that that Mexican food was really was really peasant food, the, street the, food, the, the ingredients, yeah. um, the way it's prepared. It was that's just its nature. That's that's what it is. It's not it's not derogatory. It was it was peasant food, yeah. and so to go to these like fancy Mexican places, it would <laughs> drive him fucking insane. Um, uh, although he sort of respected that some of it was obviously good. And now you're saying the same thing really about ramen where it was the same thing. It's it's peasant food. And he my, I was just with my brother. He made me pho. It was amazing. And the <laughs> same thing. He's like, yeah, I go to these places. There's like a line out the door now and it's it's gourmet pho. Uh, but the fact is it's still fucking peasant food and it costs 35 cents to make a bowl of it. Um, but it's so flavorful and so good that if the chef or the proprietor takes it to the next level, as you said, and really, like, understands how to make it, it is a wonderful food. Yeah, just David Chang, that whole thing, man. It's amazing. <clears throat> yeah. I love it. Yeah. The slow-braised broth that, no, you know, like, all, it takes space. all day to make before I get to eat it. Um, all of the different ingredients that you then put in to doctor it up. That's I, I love uh, a little more than I love ramen because... Uh, it is a little more basic, and then you make it as complicated as you want. Uh, less fatty. Uh, ramen's so rich sometimes, mm-hmm. which is great for a hangover, like you said. Pho is like life. And, and, yeah. You know, in San Francisco, uh, a place called Minsho Tokyo, just a few blocks up from the Tenderloin, they opened up. And that's real 
deal Japanese. They don't try to I've been Americanize it. They yeah. just hmm. like this is Japanese. You eat it, yeah, and you well, love it, up. or just don't come. Is it? Oh. What's the name of that place? Do you remember In show what, Tokyo? Do you remember okay. what the bathroom looks like? <laughs> How many glory holes? Right. right. Then, you, then I'm not thinking of the same place. Oh, the place. The, the place at? I'm thinking of. Oh, the bathroom is like a forest. You go in, and the walls. <laughs> and it's, it's a fucking forest you, in the bathroom. You, uh, you're looking for, you know, the river in there and stuff. Yeah. Just, wow. So you'd know if it was. That, so I must be thinking about a different Jungle place. Thing. All right, I'll have to check out Mencho Tokyo. Men, too. Men, Mencho's pretty good. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, we stop boring our listeners with my fascination. Now with, I'm hungry, with, with but ramen we, get, yeah. we get quote-unquote Philly cheesesteaks. <laughs> Philly so, cheesesteaks. Right. Yeah. yeah. Out of the crock. That's the, great. Uh, pot of crock. So, yeah, I can't know, wait. <laughs> before we end the, the the Japan section, we had a really good yes. conversation with, with Robin about how Kirin can help push craft beer into the mainstream. And yeah. there's one point I want to make. And you have these craft breweries that are around 20 years, right? And they've, they've grown, even it's 1%, they've grown the market share. They've grown the popularity. And the market share of the big breweries, Kirin, Asahi, Sapporo, Santorio, it's been declining. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the big Just irony to me is like Kirin saying, well, or, or, or Santorio, any of these guys saying like, well, you need us to grow the market share. And some of these like places like Shiga Kogan, who I mentioned it earlier, are saying, well, we've never needed you. For 20 years, we've been growing the market share yeah, of of craft beer without your help. So what is this thing like? You, like we need you, okay, to grow the market share of craft beer. Like you, your market share is declining, sure, and ours is growing. This sounds like a like a, a flip, and that that that's the one thing that bothers me. I I do think that uh, craft breweries potentially working with Kirin and these guys, there there could be some sort of dynamism there. Yeah, but I don't like that that sort of cavalier that it's statement the only way. that oh like we. Fine by our they don't. Well, right. I mean, there are great breweries in Japan growing the craft beer market. And the whole reason Kirin and all these guys are jumping into craft beer is because these guys are growing the market and their market's dying. So, How are they growing it if they can't get into the retail side very well? It, so they're just like growing it by people it. Yeah. going out yeah, to their pub. Like, you know, we're tired of this. This this race to the bottom beer. No, no, but I mean the access. I mean, it, to so you, grow so, it, you have to go mm-hmm, to an establishment mm-hmm, and drink yes, it. Yes, okay. So people are, are are not drinking it. They're not buying the beers at the supermarket. They're not going to the izakayas and the standard restaurants. They're 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 choosing to use their time to go to okay. the craft beer centric bars and restaurants. Wow. That is such yeah. a difficult... I mean, the way we did it here was hard enough. That is such a more difficult way to increase market share. Are they allowed yeah. to do growlers and things like that? Yes, but okay. nobody is like... Nobody cares? Yeah, nobody's caught on to the growler thing, probably <laughs> because you you can get your brewery to ship beer to your house. Oh, right. Yeah. There's the internet. Yeah. There's the myriad. It is one of the reasons the macros focusing on uh, the craft market and trying to get convince them that the the craft needs the macros because they're also losing market share to wine and spirits that, as I mean, well over there they're, they're, they're losing market share to everything okay. wine spirits craft sake is like having a resurgence uh, age you know people just aren't drinking beer so mm-hmm. I mean the growing the, the two growing segments are craft beer and uh, premium sake hmm. okay that's for the younger set basically and not just younger people. I mean, mm-hmm. people in the third people with but primarily income. younger people are more adventurous and trying new things. Right? They're just saying, you know what? Way up into the thirties. I'm sorry. 
Way up into their 30s, 30s, 40s. I mean, it's mid 30s, 40s. God, that's old. Huh? Oh, JP. Wow. But in Japan, right. well, in Japan yeah. you know, right. that's that's young. I mean, Japan's the oldest society in the world. <laughs> really? So. I should have moved there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> got to be born Japanese. I just got to feel young again. Start over again. Yeah. I'm going to move to Japan. Start over. Oh, hell yeah. Help me find Reborn. a flat, will you? All right. <clears throat> we got to take a break. Um, it's a short one. We're going to take a quick little three-minute break here, oh, everybody. Shit. So if you need a beer, get it fast. We'll take a quick break. Um, before we do, though, hey, Session Beers is out. You remember that? From the Brewers, Associ- uh, Brewers Publications. Oh, yeah. I got rather. Yeah. Did you get it? Oh, I got it. I sure. figured you would. Uh, Low-alcohol Session Beers have taken craft beer movement by storm. Uh, more than half of the fast-growing brands are beers with less than 5% ABV, JP. Yes. I love it. Uh, if you're interested in honing your Session Beer brewing skills, there's a brand-new book from Brewers Publications that'll be a great addition to your brewing library. Session Beers, Brewing for Flavor and Balance. Written by World Beer Cup and Great American Beer Festival award-winning brewer Jennifer Talley. Session Beers explores the history behind some of the world's greatest session beers, past and present. Learn how stouts, sour ales, experimental IPAs, and more of your favorite styles can be brewed to be less than 5%. Of course, you remember Jennifer Talley brewed in Utah for years, too. Squatters. She's a master of uh, getting great. It was the best beer I had in in Utah when she she was there. Um, So Session Beers includes popular recipes for professional and home brewers, along with personal stories from some of the best brewmasters in America. Learn more and order a copy of Session Beers at BrewersPublications.com. Not just stories, but good recipes from other brewers, too. Yes, absolutely. All right, so we're going to take a very quick break. When we come back, we got a little beer news to do, um, maybe another beer to drink, and then we're going to go home. And more feedback? Uh, <laughs> we're not going to eat dinner? <laughs> oh, we got to eat. Beef will cry. Beef left, I think. She's like, fuck no, you she guys. Went to she the- went to get some poison to put into this. Uh, right. <laughs> she went to heat the bread. x All right, it's the session. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. With over 20 years of experience making world-class craft beer and more than 100 gold medals in international competitions, Moylan's Brewing Company is not just a pretty face in craft beer. Just ask Brendan Moylan. What do we got here? The beer of the hour. Moylan's, gotta love that big M. It's like a sign of awesomeness. Got an extra kick to it. Let's pour this bad boy. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, Moylan's. The end of the night when the kids are finally in bed, the wife's in bed, <laughs> nobody's bothering your ass anymore. That's Moylan's time. Moylan's is for you. Yeah! It's to help you out. Yeah. It helps me out. What? Well, because it's freaking awesome. Northern California brewed. It's brewed with love. With love? Oh, yeah. Tremendous. And it's always best where? Moylan's. you got to try it on tap at Moylan's in Novato. They're freaking awesome. Not only because I own the brewery, because I love the beer. Cheers. Boom. Kilt Lifter Scotch Ale takes big beers to a whole new level with rich malt balanced perfectly with delicate hops and now comes in four Pack tall boy cans so you can take the party on the go. Or come to the brewery, take a tour, and try any of Moylan's fresh creations right from the source. Check them out at Moylan's.com. Hey there, BM. 
Canadian Army, have you heard the latest at HopTech? Since HopTech has doubled in size after a huge expansion, Jade and Roberto can stock even more of the best quality homebrewing supplies and equipment. Over 60 kick-ass varieties of hops and malts, monster truckloads of quality brewer's yeast, including white labs, Y yeast, and multiple dry yeasts. They even have all grain systems from Grainfathers and Ruby Street Brew Systems, thanks to Jade, the brand new all-grain brewer. And don't forget about their 10% discount to all BN Army members. Jade and Roberto are waiting for you and all of your brewing questions over at HopTech.com. HopTech, totally not sucking since 1983. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanishev, and I want to tell you about Heretic Evil Twin. You might be familiar with my homebrew recipe, which uses massive late hopping to create a balance between the malty sweet and the hoppy bitter, along with an outrageous malt and hop character. I wanted a beer with the same bold hop and malt character, so we played around with the homebrew recipe until we were able to make a great commercial version, too. We've created a beer rich in malt character, full of caramel, toast, biscuit, and an ever-so-subtle roast note. On top of that, we piled in an insane amount of citra and Columbus hops at the end of the boil, as well as in dry hopping. This damn-the-cost approach to hopping gives Heretic's Evil Twin a great blast of citrus and tropical fruit that can't be matched by any other hop. The result is a bold, malty, hoppy, but easy-drinking beer. This is our top seller, our flagship beer, and I couldn't be prouder of it. Cheers. Find Heretic Beers near you, click on Find Some at hereticbrewing.com. Hey, what's up? This is Blake from Creature Comforts. You're listening to the session on the Brewing Network. All right, welcome back to the show. Just a couple things left to do. Couple of things. Still hanging out, Rye. All right. Japan Beer Times. Beer news. I'm excited. Uh, what's the website? Yeah, I just put together a couple. A couple Japan of Beer Times. JapanBeerTimes.com. Exactly. Uh, if you go there, you can get on their mailing list, and you can order the magazine, and uh, you can get discounts on different things. Read articles. Um, too. Digital versions available of the Japan Beer Times. Sounds, yeah. You guys got an app uh, there for that. So, doing good work over there. It's your full time gig, right? Yes, yeah. um, except for, you know, I run a, a, a media company, and, and that's not the only publication we do. I see. Okay. Uh, but it's our primary publication. Got it. Uh, we also do a, a sake magazine. Um, nice. As I said earlier, you know, many breweries in Japan also do sake, so we thought, hey, nobody's doing a sake magazine. Let's do that as well. Nice. Yeah. And we do the world's only sake magazine as well. Beautiful. Hmm. Good work, Ryan. Proud of you. you. Keep it up. <laughs> he doesn't say that to us. No, no. Keep it up. Keep I've it never up. heard him. Oh, I'm proud of you, or any of that. <laughs> you guys, I don't. I don't mean, if I was it. proud of you, I'd say it. <laughs> I know this. <laughs> now he's not proud of us. Now, Scott, I, I want to be on this show. Your father and I love you very much. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you. Yeah, you want to do a couple beer news stories, please? Yeah. All right. Well, things uh, happened. Why were we? Oh, wait, are you going to rant? No, no, it's some simple stuff. I, I okay, gotta, I'm trying to keep my blood pressure okay, down nowadays. Okay, and, for, uh, for, for beer news, I have a question. When, yeah. when, when uh, Sapporo bought Anchor Steam, was that you know big beer news? I mean, that's kind of a, a bomb yeah, show. Yeah, I mean, that came up on the show. We had that. Yeah, but we didn't get beer. And I'll the tell Japanese you, didn't have the scoop. You're, you're right about that. 
But honestly, it were I feel that we're so desensitized to it yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. It did not have a major influence. And also because they had already yes. because Anchor yes. had already sold right. That's more to yeah. you know. Uh if Fritz had not if Fritz had sold to Sapporo. That might have been yeah. I think it would have rocked the the crap beer world. Yeah. And people would have been very angry at him too because of how he uh portrayed, you know, his love for for the brand, which I think was all pretty honest. So yeah, there was this buffer zone in between when they got bought by not even a beer company, by a liquor company basically. Um and then and then all the other things that have happened, it was just kind of like <laughs> no. Yeah, well there you go. Yeah. You just yeah. come down like you when you want to expand happen. or if you want to sell, you got to sell to somebody. So it's going to have to be somebody that's interested in beer, right? Or in alcohol. That's he, what's going on. Yeah, yeah. What? No, I agree, and I and I feel like Fritz made his first deal based on that, sure. and, and based on the fact that, um, yeah, I mean, what the fuck do we know? We just know what's well, in the newspaper. Well, that just created another based event on the where fact we know as much as anybody else. That, that wouldn't be that the company wouldn't be dissected and gotten rid of, and that the you know, and that and that happened. They expanded the liquor side of the business. I forget the name of the company. I hate saying um, Anchor Distillery. Um, Hill. Hill. No, no, no. I meant the company who they sold to. But um, oh, like Blue Sky uh, or some yeah. John There's like some that. Some VC. Anyhow, they yeah. expanded the the liquor side. Mm-hmm. They did keep on all the employees. Um, yeah. You know, Mark Carpenter was still there. Right. You know, you name it. Um, and then so that was how many years ago was that? Now it was six, Five, seven years ago. Yeah, yeah. something like so, that. Yeah. And then and then this sale. And so I just feel like it was. It was a stepping stone to that, right? I think some of the. But I think it's a valid question because it should have sort of blown our minds. Yeah, I mean, the the quintessential on, American brewery. It was on front news. Yeah, I mean front page news. You know, I remember that walking down the street and looking in those newspaper racks, and it was front page news. Like, well, Sapporo bought Anchor Steam right. in San Francisco. Maybe it was like a bad news day. You know? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, well, talking about right. Trump but, and but Anchor Steam's a brand so, in Tokyo, in Japan, right? It's yeah, a brand oh, people yeah, recognize. yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it's a it's a brand, but it's not something that people appreciate. And that Sapporo bought them. You know, it's it's big in Japan and right. in America. I mean, it could be big. But I also think it's just we here in the Bay Area appreciate it even more than the rest of the U.S. Of course, it's available across the U.S. too, but its history matters matters more to us. It's funny that you mention that. Actually, it's kind of fascinating that it made headlines in the mainstream media and in the in the in the beer nerd media. We were kind of like, well, there you go. Right, yeah, it's <laughs> another one. You know. So what? Well, sorry to hijack your beer news, but okay. what would it take? You know, a Japanese brewery buying Heretic. You know, with that like well, a bomb show. What are you asking? That's a little close. To are you asking? What, you asking? What That's would why I asked it to rile our feathers or the beer nerd community feathers. Just like, what general, are you asking? I mean, what, like, like, what would the reaction be if a, if a Japanese, a major Japanese brewery, somebody came in Asahi Kirin or Sapporo, and like Heretic's now owned by? Well, Justin's asking a good it, question. Does it really matter what we think, the, the people in the industry think about it? It's more about this consumer, right? Because that's where yeah. they're spending all the money. Uh, so I think, actually, if it didn't cause an upper Sierra Nevada. Exactly. That that's was going to be what take. I said. Oh, because Nevada. I was going to say, yeah. if, it didn't, if Anchor didn't do brand. it, no one's going to do it. But as right. I was about to say that, I thought... They'd have to buy Sierra Nevada, yeah, and then we'd all Sam we, Adams, and you know what? We even even <laughs> I don't know, maybe, but I'm Sam telling Adams you, if we, Sierra Nevada, we we would lose our fucking shit. You're right, we would, we would lose our uh, shit, and the reason is because mm. 
with with Anheuser Busch not being an American company, not that there are they were ever like our people, but at least it was an American company. They were like we we had something to hold uh, on to for a while. There. Sierra Nevada is like the last stronghold, right? right? Um, of yeah. like. Yeah. They're, they're a pillar. They're independently owned, for God's sake. No, and right. I mean, like, I mean, they're they're like a um, no, family, like family, family owned. owned. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, I was going to say sole proprietorship, but they're not. But they're they're fucking family owned. Um, yeah. If that happened, we would probably lose our shit. Yeah. And by the way, it wouldn't matter if it was a Japanese brewery or a or a European uh, conglomerate. Yeah, we wouldn't right. care. It would just be, come on, Ken. Like you're our you're our last guy standing. Who else is going to buy it? Yeah. Put a little pressure the thing is, is that when you get so big like that, it takes so much money. You can't go to like who's going to buy it. That's right. nothing for AB InBev Global. Right? They could they could afford Sierra Nevada. But if uh, you would have to assume, and who knows, if Ken, who you can be damn sure has been offered investment oh, yeah. over the years, has even refused all of that, he's decided to stay completely family and independently owned, sure. um, and and rides around in a private goddamn jet. I don't know that there's an offer on earth that would matter to him. Yeah. Wouldn't change his life a second. Yeah. It wouldn't change his life. No. And 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 I and I it would and negatively also, impact his life. It, it would really be honest. In a yeah. negative yeah. way. Yeah. And it also he he I think has shown a, a pretty strong commitment is what I'm saying. You, you you can be sure he's been offered, you know, some billions and has said no, so he's no. committed. And at this point in his life and probably that of his family is not going to make that much of a difference. No. Yeah. I mean 500 million dollars is a lot of money, but well, you know. start spinning fast. <laughs> what do you right. think? That's what it would cost to like buy the BN. So, yeah. <laughs> at least, yeah. Just saying. Hey, we get like twenty bucks. We have a crock pot too. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so you, you mentioned Sierra Nevada. Sorry to continue you hijacking your, your program, okay. but you were saying earlier there's not <laughs> enough controversy on your show. I mean, like you know, Ken's getting older. He's leaving it up to Brian. Yeah, and, and his, Brian's got to run the show. His and, daughter too. Yeah, Sierra's got to run the show. But as, as far as I, I hear, like Brian's being the one groomed to run the show. Sierra's doing you know some stuff on the the retail mm-hmm. side with the torpedo room. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not privy to that insider information. But what happens if like Dad retires and, and uh, you know, Brian's just like shit, man? This is tough, right? And then well, like, they're they're already well, pretty structured. He gets some offers on the table and I, I, rolls yeah. down. I don't think Dad retiring is the problem right. because Dad will continue to um, advise. Dad croaking might be a problem. Yeah, I would hate to see that. Um, it. Um, I hope they but go the way wise? of In and Out Burger. Okay, which is that that has had the same had yeah. to endure the same transitions, and has had family members ready to do this or that. But ultimately, they too have decided to remain completely independent through uh, yeah. a, a couple of generations now, mm-hmm. and we hope to see that. My answer, if we don't see that, is the same as before: we will lose our shit. The beer, the craft beer community, would be devastated by that type of of thing happening, and. I think the Grossman family understands that. That it's more than their own legacy. They know that the craft beer industry looks to them. And so I, I guess I would just hope they do it. And if they don't, that's a that'll be a very sad day. People will lose their shit. I won't care. That's my opinion. The last you won't care? <laughs> as long yeah. as they make fucking Celebration and Sierra Nevada Pale Ale and they can drop every other fucking beer they've ever made in their entire life. <laughs> 
Because those are the two beers that matter, which I never see on tap. We need celebration on tap right now. It's just coming out. So. I was so close to landing that Sierra sponsorship. That whole thing I just did. Oh, and then damn it. You that was for it? Come in with that. Yeah, you bring up that it's not on tap. Well, okay, now that, we, now that we're there, Ken Grossman's hair is awful. It's the Stop. worst hair Stop. in the industry. So, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm going to continue uh, hijacking your show here. I, uh, you know, Japanese craft breweries have been around for generations, and... Got me through he, college. Hitachino Ness, <laughs> to their fifth generation now. The the president of Hitachino Ness died recently, and within the last you know month and oh and, wow, you know one of the the sons took over, and we were eating at his restaurant in, in San Francisco, and I said, so how much does like AB and Bev offered you? Hmm. I have no idea. And of course, they've fishing. offered him. I mean, it's a fifth generation Japanese craft brewery yeah. that's doing really mm. well. It's a clean he transaction. Said, he could just walk but, away. You know, and he said, you know, something. Um, a lot of, a lot of <laughs> Am I speaking off the record? No. Give, um, us, give us the range. No, yeah. just saying, you know, like, but it's like. A lot of zeros. A lot of these 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 generational breweries say, you know, like I think about my ancestors who worked their mm-hmm. lives off to make this happen, and like I'm haunted by that at night. And so, mm, an right. intense pressure. Oh. Not to put any pressure on, on Brian Grossman, but I mean, yeah. it's like intense pressure. Yeah. It's like you know they we we've survived civil wars and you know like right. the changing of eras and wow and. When like a company like AB InBev comes to me and says, "We'll give you three hundred million," it's just kind of like, "Well, I've been around five generations, you know." There's yeah. like there's something well, deep. It's a good thing I didn't uh, create Sierra Nevada or or one of these breweries <laughs> or the <laughs> end. My my fucking my family history is a bunch of mobsters and and weirdos. I'd have sold in a goddamn <laughs> but, second. Thirty. I have loyalty right. to that. My yeah. point is, I mean, there's there's money and that's important, yeah. and then there's something deeper, and it really depends <clears throat> on on who you are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you got to make your own decision. And yeah, we're not in those positions where we have to decide between like eight generations sure and it could change at any time you're right the the wrong person in there you know you don't know who your kids are if you start a company you've got to expect like in four or five generations it's time to sell it yeah johnson had to sell out i mean johnson and johnson to sell out because yeah too many grandchildren trying to like you know get a piece of the action and and anheuser bush let's let's you know look at that they were a generational uh business and yeah yeah. all right stop hijacking my fucking show right Dude, uh, and that was the beer news. news. Do the news. Oh, yeah. that's good enough beer news. Right? I do yeah, like the way you say it, though. <laughs> news. News. You mean, Actually, my beer news is less interesting. But I do have to say, Adam and Eve is determined to help you spice things up in the bedroom. There we go. And they're backing up that promise. Check it out. Go to adamneve.com. You get 50% off almost any item when you enter uh, coupon code BNARMY. Get that right. Check out. Uh, it's a good deal by itself, but backed by popular demand, uh, you'll also get a free Big O kit. Oh. Yeah. Adam and Eve's Big O kit includes their exclusive I'm gonna the Climax gel. Yeah. Why did your mic just rise? Because uh, he couldn't trust himself. That's how effective it is. That's Big O kit includes their exclusive Climax gel and a mini vibrator. Um, mini. You'll also get your entire order sent to you for free. So hurry up. Uh, get your entire order for free. With this limited offer, choose a new adult toy, a naughty movie, or anything else. When you choose that item at 50% off, you get free shipping plus the Big O kit. And you won't find this deal anywhere else, they say. Hey, Justin, what would, you, would be your favorite movie? I don't have a favorite movie, and frankly, I would just 
I can't say this during a sponsor thing. You, you'd I, rather get the free thing? I mean, just get it. Mine was Nightmare on Porn Street. It was a Nightmare on Elm Street parody. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, but it was, yeah. yeah it was mine, uh, mine was actually uh, The Hunt for Red Cocktober. <laughs> <laughs> Those are all just the best ones. Yeah, yeah. It could have nothing uh-huh. to do with either film, but as long as it's... <laughs> about yeah. spies in Russia? Yeah. You're impressed with the acting? Or the- I was. And if you're feeling like a triple feature and feeling a little risque, you, you go with Schindler's Fist. <laughs> um, I mean, there's, uh, a, whole, there's uh-huh. a whole line of... You know, oh, appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> you know. yeah. Or you can just go with good old hot shots. <laughs> part do. Uh, Either Charlie, one. Part do do. That's the German I don't word. like yeah. those. I just get into one and they switch to the other. <laughs> <laughs> So there's a lot. Um, yeah. Uh, if you want a, a myriad, if you will. Classics, <laughs> you know, there's always Mr. Holland Opened Us. Oh, yeah. Um, that one was yeah. good. In and Out and In so, Again. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Hong Kong Fuck You. <laughs> I mean, I'm squirting now. Uh, yes, I yeah. have a lot of favorites. I just I made that one up. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The thing. Those really are my favorites. It's when the name is just the name. Yeah. Those. <laughs> yeah. Jaws. So. <laughs> oh, exactly. But not, not toothy. If there's not uh, a porn called Jaws already, there needs to be. Because yeah. there's, there's Game of Bones. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. Exactly. Fist of Fury. Uh, yeah, see? Same name. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right, use coupon code BNARMY at adamandeve.com. Maybe you'll find some of these wonderful movies. <laughs> Maybe. I'm sure they're all there. All right. Oh, hell yeah. So... I brought this news story in um, because it has to do a little bit with uh, consolidation. You know, it was Constellation Brands that bought uh, Ballast Ballast Point Point. for a billion dollars. Yeah. Was it a billion? I think it was 1.1, I thought. How how many? It's worth less now. I still can't deal with that number. Say the word again. A billion dollars. It's still actually... Turns me inside out thinking about that. It's a little offensive. Um, well, I'm not offended by it. Constellation Brands is branching out a little bit from beer now as they're doing their purchasing, and they're investing in the world's largestly uh, largest publicly traded cannabis company mm-hmm. uh, mm. with an eye toward uh, concocting marijuana infused beverages. Yeah, it's the new thing, dude. Mm. Have you heard this? Yeah, if you want to make money, get in a pot right now. Yeah, there was a separate article that, that you know, the headline was that that pots the new craft beer yeah. in, in America, which is is probably reasonable. Um, in exchange for 245 million Canadian, Constellation is receiving a 9.9% stake in medical marijuana producer Canopy Growth, um, which is sold on Nasdaq. Oh, <laughs> uh, it has a market value of 2.2 billion Canadian uh, on the Toronto Exchange, and it uh, trades under the ticker symbol Weed, <laughs> which I thought was funny. <laughs> wow, uh, early to get that. It's, it's worth uh, 19 bucks yeah. and 37 cents a share. Oh, wow. yeah. <laughs> you know, how long have they been in business? Uh, the Weed 2014. Company. Yeah, who knows? Okay, there 14? you go. 14. Oh wow. So the Brewers, we we we, we mentioned Bart Watson earlier, the chief economist sure. at uh, Brewers Association. He actually yeah. did a study on the effects of uh, marijuana consumption on craft beer sales. Oh yeah, I interviewed him on this at uh, the, the the craft brewers conference in Washington D.C. and they see no effect. 
So no increase far. or decrease. Hey. What were the methods of his study? I'm going to change mine. Really? <laughs> he just sat in the room. I see no effects. I still drank a six-pack. I mean, it's interesting that, you know, it was a, a, a professionally done study that so far, you know, they don't see a whole lot of impact. I mean, their brewers should be more worried about, you know, wine and whiskey and other. Yeah. Yeah. Other, mm. other, that makes sense to well, me. Well, interviewing Stone as far as taking market share from beer, yeah, yeah. that makes sense to me. I don't yeah. see that as a strong competitor. Yeah. Uh, while the brewer said it wouldn't be selling any marijuana products in the U.S. until it was legal to do so at all levels of government, it did want to get out in front of what is surely an early stage consumer trend. Um, currently, twenty nine states and the District of Columbia in the U.S. have legalized marijuana for medical purposes. Uh, only sixteen of them allow individuals to grow for home or medical reasons. Um, and yeah, they're just looking into get uh, looking to get into the the weed business. That's not a dumb move. Except um, that it's got to. They said they're not going to uh, get it, you know do much with it until it's federally approved. That's going to be a that's going to be a while. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've got an administration or two away from that. Um, but really? short of that, I wouldn't say it, it, it would be that that far away. Um, but that also could be bullshit tasty because <laughs> right. I mean, what, what? Well, I guess on one hand, I'd say it would be bullshit because so much of uh, weed is legal to be sold within the states, and that they'll just proceed with that anyway. But right. I guess because they're in an international uh, company, uh, Constellation Brands is not U.S. based. Um, they probably have a lot of federal regulations. Maybe they do need to be a lot more concerned about what the feds oh. say oh, yeah. in and their business dealings than say Ballast Point alone had to do. Yeah, because well, I mean, a beer is a federally taxed product. I mean, yeah, it's, a, it's a federal yeah. license. Yeah, in the U.S. So you're right. That really yeah. could be yeah. a long-term a investment, lose. but not a bad one. I mean, the writing's on the wall, isn't it? It's certainly not going the opposite direction. No, no, it's going to happen. Yeah. I, I personally, I'm not a big fan of marijuana beer. Yeah, I'm more of a, ha- a good beer in one hand and a good joint in the other. Right. Like yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Keep Regulate. It, keep it separate and regular. Exactly. You can control your dosage. Like, yeah. Go like. I mean, I don't know. I imagine when they do make marijuana beer, it's going to have like a, a rating on it, right? It's going to be like. Point yeah. two five grams or something like that. Yes, so you don't know what you're getting. Well, that's like when you buy the stuff now edibles. at the same edibles. It says how many grams are in there. Are going to have the same sort of thing. Yeah, mm. I can't have any grams. None, none, none grams. None more grams. <laughs> none gram you can have is none Chris. more grams. Yeah, I yeah. could have none grams of THC, which bothers me. I wish I could go Poor back to smoking weed. <laughs> why? Uh, why does it bother me? I, I because I. It's not legal, and and you. Like, no, because it doesn't work well with me. I used to enjoy it so much, but now I, I can't. It doesn't work. Yeah, it's not too. nice. And so I'm saying it bothers me because I like it's, watching my friends on it, but I just yeah, it sucks. But that's our problem. Oh, I have other things. Well, uh, how about a little bit of Boston beer news? Oh, um, please. Well, Boston beer is having a little trouble. Uh, they're selling uh, out to like a no, Japanese place. No, not quite. <laughs> but their uh, third quarter earnings were down yet again. Um, and this particular article in the Motley Fool is calling it a sinking flagship brand, uh, saying the biggest problem remains that Boston Beer's continuing inability to sell more of both its Samuel Adams beer, and this surprises me, its hard cider brand Angry Orchard. Oh, that was a big hmm. you know, Oh, that was growing for them. It wow. was growing like crazy, and in fact, other cider makers were both kind of loving and hating it because yeah. it was opening up a new market, but at the same time kind of dominating it. Yeah, yeah and there wasn't much cider on the retail shelves. Right. So they took it over. That Advertisement is still out there. I just saw one like maybe yesterday. 
They're definitely still promoting it, but apparently they came out of the gate real strong and aren't doing quite as well. Uh, both are caught in the vortex, pulling them lower. Um, and those are its two actual biggest contributors still. But um, regardless of the strength exhibited by the smaller brand, this article says there's little hope for recovery uh, if those two aren't doing well. So they, they fell about 3.5% for the quarter. Um, which was worse than the previous quarter. However, last year at the same time, they received an 8% decline. So they took this big hit. Um, so so the hit this year was less than last year. Uh, it was more. Uh, yes, yeah. it was less than. Always uh, the optimist yeah. there, Beardy. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, you know me. Uh, but uh, it, it does kind of show that Boston Beer is not headed in the right direction. Um, Chairman... And founder Jim Cook, of course, uh, rattled off a litany of woes. Um, yeah, really. Well, I said the industry, including a soft craft beer and cider market in general, a weak retail environment, and, of course, increased competition. Now, as you guys know, uh, Sam Adams has tried to recover from this with producing more uh, different brands, different beers, putting out an IPA, putting out this, putting out yeah, that. Back to the multi-tap form. Right. The, the, Hasn't yeah, done anything Rotating taps. It's not done it for them. And market uh, analysts are saying without Boston Lager and Angry Orchard doing well, they might be kind of fucked. So the reason I brought this up, too, though, is just kind of in relation to the last story. They are still branching out. There's still some brands I didn't know that Sam Adams are doing and even some products I didn't know. You know, a little while ago, a few, several years ago, I should say, Boston Beer got into the soda segment, the, mm-hmm. the, the alcoholic soda segment. Which right, right. came out like gangbusters and then also fizzled away. Yeah. Well, now they have this new product um, that I guess Boston Beer is putting a lot of money into called Truly Spiked and Sparkling, which is a spiked um, seltzer. Yeah, carbonated uh, okay. spiked water is like Turn your microphone right on. Um, if you're going to clap and participate. Uh, <laughs> I didn't really want to participate. I just uh, wanted to let you know that I think that's a great idea. You like this idea, Bevo? I do. Why? Because I like carbonated water. Okay, just for the flavor. And alcohol. It's not like a calorie like thing or whatever. And, and hydrating. Yeah. So, you've so never heard a, of a vodka soda? <laughs> right. Um, yeah, so they're putting a bunch of money into this truly thing, but it's kind of slow to take off because retailers are concerned about buying too much of it like they did with the soda craze oh, yeah. and oh. then being stuck with it. Um so they're working on it, but I just thought it was interesting. I actually did not expect to hear that Boston Beer was on a, a significant decline like that. I would have thought stagnant at the most, but I really thought that their cider category was killing it. It was. Right. And I think it fell off a little bit. 12-packs of cider boxes. Yeah, great. yeah. They're selling like crazy at all the Dude, grocery stores. A brewing network Marketing show. push? No, just a show. <laughs> no, I'm. Come on. I'm gonna so give them, a, give them another free show. Two, I mean, two years ago, they were crushing it. Right. Right. Now yeah. it's like. An eight percent drop a year ago is enormous. That's a big, a big drop well, yeah, in a year. Right. People didn't get paid. Uh, well, and you've seen the new marketing that they're doing too. They they rebranded uh, just label wise, but have you seen the commercials and stuff? Mm-mm. They're kind of starting to go a little old school. Not quite the Bud Light route, but the really light-hearted, funny, the friendly, friendly go to the ones. Beach kind of oh, really? Hmm. Not Corona. That's why I'm saying it's the. You know, it's got that like cheesy announcer, like a old Bud Light w- ad would have had. Mm-hmm. 
not quite the women in bikinis and stuff. They're not going that far, but they're just kind of talking about a party, and it's got that cheesy, like, looking for your next, you know. Ugh. Yeah. They're trying to be, they're like straddling the fence between a Boston beer ad, which would have been like, Sam Adams. The we're, quality we're, ingredients yeah. and the tradition yeah. of the thought. And, and an old Bud Light party ad. Huh. So like, fa- yeah. so, is it right in line between like satire and real life where you can't tell no, if, no, if they're being like, ironic? Like, are they being a marketing ironic? No, no. no? I mean, you can tell they're trying to be funny and it's kind of funny. Oh, okay. It's just it's lighthearted. Right. Get an Oktoberfest. Well, I don't know. Look I, it up. But right. it's different than they've ever done because before they were, you know, a little more serious about it. Can I throw it no. out there that maybe. They're throwing out vulnerability and the fact that, oh, someone might want to pick us up. Uh, oh, the old, the old buyout. Tra- they're publicly well, traded. It, yeah, it's a so. lame dog type trip. Well, well, Jim Cook did go to, I believe it was the Senate or the House. I don't know. Some fucking government. It's all the same. Here in the U.S. Right. And, uh, and preach a little bit in the other direction, by the way, saying, <clears throat> I'm the last American large brewery. Oh, I remember that. Is yeah. what he was and it was uh, the point was actually well taken cuz he wasn't saying uh that there are no more Americans around me that are own breweries. He he was really just saying you guys need to pay attention to the buyouts that are happening. Um because I very well may be the last large American brewer to stand in front of you and speak. I, this, my generation could be it. Because mm-hmm. it is all being bought and sold and moved. And he wasn't right. talking about the tiny crap breweries, but he was talking about big, big beer. Um, so he both was defending our industry yeah. and maybe saying, but look, I'm also going to fucking sell if that's the way it happens. Uh, yeah. You know? So and with with, with the kind of like putting it out there that we're declining with this and we yeah. that and we'll see. Oh, it's just the lame dog. Hey, shoot me! What's, and what's the Pennsylvania brewery? That's Yingling. 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 Old. It's like four or five generations. At least, yeah. at least. Yeah. And yeah. He, he's got four daughters, and he's trying to sell to his daughters. I mean, to me, that that seems like the the greater tragedy if that one sells to like. A, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's that one, and, and what's the shells other? Is right that's behind them. Dog of shells, yeah. Of shells, yeah. <laughs> but they're, yeah. they're good at least for the next generation. Yeah, yeah. Jason's yeah. into it. Jason and his brother are are 100 in. Okay. All right. Uh, the only other thing I had was um, Brew Dog. Hmm. Don't they have a brew pub in Japan? Yeah, in Ropongi. Yeah. Okay. They're just putting out a beer called. Uh, it's a whole play on the Make America Great Again thing, but it's about climate change. They're pissed about uh, Trump uh, backing out of the Paris Accords and different things. So they're putting out a beer, uh, Make Earth Great Again. Mm. Uh, it's their new protest beer. There's an image of Trump fighting oh. with, a, with a polar bear on the... Uh, <laughs> On, on the uh, on the label. A squirrel with a I feel sorry for the polar right. bear. Yeah, exactly. So it's not that uh, out of the ordinary. But the interesting thing I I found is that the <laughs> the beer's made with water from the polar ice caps. Uh huh. Wait a oh, second. So it's, it's melting. So why not use it? Well, right. <laughs> yeah. But it's melting into the sea. So, so they're going I would and think they went and harvest uh, some ice right. to get yeah. the polar. I mean, maybe just, it's a little counterintuitive. Well, I mean, yes, it's, yeah. are, they're flim flam They probably put a gallon of that water in the whole batch. Right. Like right. They said what they got it as. JP, I might need you Whatever. to look this up uh-huh. because uh, the, it was a weird thing. They're all they're marketing guys. Right. right. 
by the way, proceeds for the beer um, are going to a UK charity combating climate change at a local level, they say. Um, so we took water from the polar ice caps at what carbon footprint to bring it down to Scotland to make a beer to fight climate change in the UK? Right. So it's water source from the Arctic ice caps. Um, it's made using Arctic cloudberries. That's what I need you to look up, JP. Arctic cloudberries. Arctic cloudberries. Uh, which the article here says, which are doing about as well as the ice caps, but I don't know what they are. It's a Swedish band um, called Cloudberry Jam. So it must be good. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> it's like yeah. uh, polar bear droppings that froze. Uh, it will, <laughs> in Sweden, cloudberries and cloudberry jam are used as a topping for ice cream, pancakes, and waffles. Mm-hmm. But nothing on Arctic uh, cloudberries? We were talking about marijuana earlier. Somebody needs to trademark that name. Cloudberries, <laughs> hey, yeah. yeah. Arctic cloudberry, the Nordic secret to glowing skin. That's the first thing that comes up when you search Arctic cloudberry. <laughs> but it's just cloudberry, and I'm sure that they're in the Arctic. Okay. All right. So, so is it just a, a berry? So I don't know. Fruit? Yeah, just a fucking fruit. Looks like a retarded uh, raspberry. Well, what about the what about the water though? It doesn't say anything about. Well, that. it's just a, like you said. It's a gallon. It's a day. Yeah, and can they prove it? Like, did they? Who's gonna say? Right? I wonder about I that. This shit up. Did they really do it? Yes. Like, let's get a bottle and see how much Arctic water's in. It would bother me if they didn't do it, okay? Because then it makes them just as much as a That's dick. Why you just get a gallon and see? You yeah, but how? And did they? I don't even know if they. I'm saying I don't even know that's if they why did they that. That's, well, maybe another article might go to how they did it, but probably not. They just said they took. Some I'm gonna contact James, find out about yeah. this Arctic who, water situation. Yeah. Well, uh, there are people who are selling like polar ice cap water, like they're packaging it. Oh, yeah. so they went to the corner store, right? Yes, <laughs> and bought the. Now I see. Mm-hmm. Now Tasty's making sense that stuff, with yeah. this theory. Yeah. Okay, two of them. All right, that's all I have in the news for you today. Just a couple interesting things Thanks there. For that. Yeah, what are you gonna do? The world's fucked, right? Ice is melting. <laughs> ice melts. <laughs> I mean, since yeah. when does ice melt? Yeah. Oh, oh, since the ice age. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do we have some Twitter game results, JP? We sure do, Justin. Thanks for asking. What was our Twitter game? Uh, our Twitter game was uh, Jamil. In fact, has been recording Bruce Strong, but nobody knows about it. It's been in secret. Yeah. Um, so, what else has he been doing in secret? Okay. And what did we get? Ben the Brewer says that Jamil has been coming up with a magic elixir to keep Justin alive. Yes. Thank God. <laughs> uh, Drunk Hopefully Rhino he says he's been inventing a new line of brewing equipment that doubles as sex toys. That is a very Jamil thing to do, actually. I agree. That, yeah. that is showing some insight into Jamil. Uh, Jeff says, to make ends meet and hoping for a handout, Jamil has been hiring himself out as a professional scarecrow in the hop fields. Okay. <laughs> I don't understand that one, but no. I thought maybe it was like an inside joke that someone else would get. I don't, he does look like shit sometimes. He <laughs> He's very tired and working hard. He looks like he, 3X he overalls <laughs> stuffed with two pounds of fucking straw. <laughs> he just looks like he needs to sleep, for God's sake, sometimes. I look at him and I go, Jamil. Take a nap. You're different colors. What are you doing right now? Anything. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, you're like a broken chameleon. Uh, Ryan Turner says, wearing a mustache disguise, he's rebrewing all of Brewing Classic Style's recipes <laughs> to reclaim the NHG title for the BN. Oh, that would be cool. He never claimed it for the BN. Samuel Loader True. says, uh, he's been weaving merkins while sitting on a firkin. 
Uh, stupid, but I thought it was funny because okay. it kind of rhymes, right? Yeah, Merkin's yeah, on a Merkin. Yeah, yeah. Rich writes in and says, Homebrewing an immortality elixir to improve his odds in the BN death pool. Ah. Secret ingredient, JP's thyroid. Wow. Which you don't want that, that's for sure. It's gone anyway. That'll go the opposite way. That's true. Can't get that. Uh, and last but not least, Lloyd McClure. <laughs> says, uh, recording episodes of Strong Brew in Chechnya on their new <laughs> podcast network, Network Brewing. <laughs> Strong Brew. Reco- Strong recorded on Net- track at the Grenade Hop. It's Network Brewing. CBMO, <laughs> it's still funny. Come down to Grenade Hop. She missed it. Yeah. Oh, oh, hell. <laughs> I rest my case. Even the grenade, they just flip it around grenade and put hop. the thing yeah. on the other side. Put it around. Yeah. yeah. You're not the it's, best. We're just the only one. Yeah. There's it's no pin strong in it. Brew. <laughs> Listen, or you get Doc's ration for next week. Oh, what the hell? Welcome to session, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm PJ. It's <laughs> 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 PJ Nitsudge. Nitsudge. <laughs> With talk more, Warren. (laughs) (laughs) Warren, say it again. (laughs) You're so clever, Warren. (laughs) Go on. That's it. it. Who wins? Yeah. (laughs) Wait, what was the last one? <laughs> the strong brew, <laughs> strong brew in Chechnya. Yeah, this is tough because I want it because like the, the real, first one I like. The yeah, first one right. Yeah. Well, I like the realistic one about uh, Jamal sex toys. producing oh, yeah, sex yeah. toys because that's a very yeah, it's very plausible. That is really. a very Jamal thing yeah. to do. But oh, yeah, he'll be very. But precise. I'm sure he's already done it. That's the problem with Jamal. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> yeah. He's done that and failed at that business already. <laughs> <laughs> strong brew though is funny. Oh, we we don't know if he failed at it. That's true. Maybe yeah. that's where he's been. He wouldn't have told us. Oh, he would have a signature line at Adam and Oh, Eve. yeah. We're going to have to do an actual hand vote on this one for oh, the first geez. time in a while. Okay. So I, I vote that those are our two, right? Which ones again? Sex the... toys and, and uh, Strong Brew. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good with that. I love Strong Brew. I wish that a listener would produce just one. I just want one episode of Chechnyan Strong Brew. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> We're drinking this, <laughs> and nobody cares. Right? These are our Chechenian accents. I don't hope you. I don't. Know, I don't. Know, we're not actually from Chechnya. I want I you to know if you that. You could tell. Yeah. You couldn't tell. It's not a tired joke either. No, it's not. Oh no! no. no. Yeah. Because you know what? You're it a goes fucking tired on. joke right now. <laughs> yeah. Twitter brought new life <laughs> and on. to a classic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I'm voting for it. Wait. You can. You know, All right. Raise your okay, hand. I don't raise your hang on. I gotta think. I don't know what I'm voting for. Whatever. I, I'm ready. It, it, it is you, tough uh, because Rhino has, like you said, the Jamil insight, yeah. and that's very important in a thing like this. Um, and then, but but we got a lot of life out of Strong Brew. So <laughs> right. we're all laughing. Shit. Here, take yeah. a while because I forgot to do plugs. So just take a while. Well, no, I'm, I'm ready taking to do, a while. Yeah. All, right, I'm, 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 so. I'm, I'm, all right, raise your hand if it's Jamil sex toys and and. I am from Chechnya, and I have met Jamil, and I can say that he is all about the sex toys. (laughs) So we got one vote. Are you raising your hand? One vote. One vote. Rise pro sex. Raise your hand if it's Strong Brew from Chechnya. Yeah, yeah. Even Bevo. I needed a good laugh. Even Bevo. And Rai voted again for it, too. It really worked. That's our winner today. Who was it, JP? Uh, It was Lloyd McClure. All right. Can you say it again? Lloyd McClure. No, not that. Well done, sir. Not You're going to get a prize from Bevo. You just got to send an email or JP takes care of it. I don't know what happens. Uh, Bev does it, everything. All right. Uh, next week on the program, we've got Oregon fruit products. Uh, Oregon. In Ooh. the studio? 
That's nice. A lot of in-studio guests. People oh. like us nowadays. Where are we studio. tasting now? Yeah, everybody comes out to hang out with us. It's been very nice. Yeah. Have people come uh, back? Um, well, no. Oh. Okay. One, one thing at a time. Okay. Jesus Christ. Okay. Why do you got a shit on it? Which... <laughs> It's well, I'm just hope. Well, you met clearly they're enjoying us. Well, well they they Rye, come Rye's come back. Oh, that's true. So uh, yeah. he, doesn't, he doesn't look happy come back about from it. The border of Chechnya. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. In Chechnya, we don't come back anywhere. Hey, my name is Rye. <laughs> we can't afford to leave, so we're here. <laughs> we don't right. come back because we've been here. I've yeah, been here again. They didn't even ask me. You're lucky you come back to tomorrow. Because <laughs> in Chechnya. You There's don't. no tomorrow. That's right. There's only yesterday. We really said that. <laughs> There's only Chechnya. <laughs> There's only <laughs> yesterday. That is their country slogan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The flag, it flies backwards. <laughs> There's only yesterday. What are you doing tomorrow? Shut up. <laughs> I'm <laughs> thinking about what I should have done yesterday. <laughs> when is that? Yeah. I ride the horse. To are the you, border. Are you good, JP? I'm good. All right. We're going to get out of here next week. Oregon Fruit Products and me. I'll be here. What's your what? favorite fruit product? That's fun. I don't know. I haven't tried them yet. Oh, they're great. Yeah. Come on. you got well, to so yeah. be a home brewer. They were on the sour hour a little bit. Well, yeah. It's like all the oh, sour yeah. beer guys. That's what they use. Yeah. 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 They use the fruit next week. So, you know, in church, I'll yeah, taste they're it. looking for suicide bombers. No experience. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, residents only. Must <laughs> <laughs> show ID at bomb making factory. Yeah, yeah. Uh, are, you sure, are you sure you'll make up the the quality we need? <laughs> Gonna be like a thirty six to thirty eight size uh, vest. <laughs> that was dark. Chechnya, they, they don't look for suicide bombers. Yeah. Instead of build they a bear, it's them. build a bomb. You are born in Chechnya. You are a suicide. That's right. Wow. They just, they just, Jesus they just Christ, put God. vest on citizens. Yeah. Congratulation. <laughs> one congratulation. Okay, dear, you're going to die. Yeah. One Only one more person. <laughs> All, right. All right. We're out of here. Take us away, JP. Thanks, everybody, and we'll see you next week. Thank you to our show sponsor, More Beer, where you can get absolutely everything you need or could want to make great beer at home by going to morebeer.com. Rye Belville was from Japanese Beer Times, was in the studio to talk about the craft beer scene in Japan. Check out his work over at japanbeertimes.com. Merge your love of Disneyland with your lack of engaging podcast. Go to earsuppodcast.com as JP, Terrence, Bevo, and Taryn talk about all things Disney. Get on Twitter for some good beer insight and homebrew info and follow Nate Smith and Nathan Homebrew. Mike McDowell at Tasty McD. Warren is stuck over at Another Beardy. And the great Beverly is crushing cyberspace at Bevo One. JP thinks Twitter is dead, and you should follow him on Instagram at Major Jip. Today's show is produced by our very own Beverly, and your host has been Justin Crossley. Be sure to find the Brew Network on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. JP's an asshole. Justin's on my sky and winning the race. JP does great as his charity. Can.